I can record though. Wait, let's see if Facebook, it won't let me, what the hell? Try logging into Facebook again. Hold on. What, what the hell? What is, what is this nonsense? Did they just ban me on Facebook? <laughs> just... <laughs> they Alex Jones does. Dude, it's, it's, we're, we're, you realize we're about to become popular. We're about to, we're about, it's going to happen. It's going it's to happen at some point. I mean, it doesn't technically have to. If God decides to let it happen. That's true. But I can, I can feel it. I'm using my intuition to sense it. Intuition. Let's see. Uh, I can't even do, I don't know. There's some sort of bug with Facebook, whatever. Unable to access your Facebook. Oh, that, that, that's, that's nice. So what do we record on? Workplace by, by Twitch? No, I don't even have Twitch. YouTube I can't do because... Hey, I want to make I want to make a public service announcement. This is for you. Right? Yeah, folks, we want to do this for you every day, all day, okay? But we still have to keep the lights on. All right. That's right. Give us money. I have a kid. Greg has a kid. All right. We need to. I have a kid somewhere somewhere in my. Help us help you. Somewhere in help the in the. Help you. <laughs> help me. Help. Show us the money. No. Show us the money. Help me. Did I ever tell you that I saw Cuba Gooding Jr. in a in a bar in Manhattan? I was DJing and he came in at like one o'clock in the morning. It was a bunch of Russian non-Jewish chicks, you know, and then and then he came at 1 a.m. So it was just them and him and a a gay and a gay Chinese guy who offered to give me $50 for me to play. Who p- spoke perfect Russian? He wanted me to play Alu Pukachova, Nova God. I thought, thought you were going to say he offered you fifty dollars to play with yourself. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> he wanted me to play. He wanted me to play Russian music because apparently he used to work for J.P. Morgan in Moscow, in their office in Moscow, and he spoke perfect Russian. And uh, he was very, very fruity, and he, and he was like, "The more cigarette, Alu Pukachova." Something like that. No, that's that's Blue Oyster Bar. Yeah. It was like Alecros. Dude, by the way, these are the types of people that I saw. Eric's wedding was awesome, I gotta say. Oh, nice. But there was a lot of Russian people of that ilk who are really amazing people. But uh, it just took me back to like the days of the days of yore a little bit. It was them, and then you had like these kind of frat broy kind of guys. You know, there's a an author, um, Marcel Prost, right? I think his he wrote a a multi volume book called uh, Remembrances of Shit. I can't remember the Remembrances of Times Past or Remembrances of yeah. Things Past. Yeah, you can read the book. I can't remember the title. Oh, I keep thinking of Days of, Days of Future Past. Which is no. a great title for a for a movie, by the way. So he so there's a lot of examples in that book where he um, there are memories which are triggered by uh, smells. If I remember correctly, I read it when I was 15. So actually, yeah. shocking how long ago that was. I can't remember anymore. But um, he's talking about walking by. I think it was a restaurant or a bakery, and something he smelled there. You know, brought him back. So when you were at the wedding and you were smelling Russian people, I'm assuming you smelled cologne. 
I mean, cigarettes. I wasn't smelling anybody. It was just I saw them. I didn't. I didn't actually. Bokusham, I didn't have to smell anything. I'm not saying you were actively oh, oh, okay, fine. Them like Joe Biden. I'm saying yeah. that it oh. was there. I mean, it was it was there. I, I didn't. I, I didn't get a whiff of anything. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I didn't. Yeah. I guess time. I guess times they are changing. Either they're changing, or because I just kind of didn't stick around them too much. And uh, I know why. I know why. Why? There was no cigarette smoke, right? There was only the only cigarette smoke was was outside, outside the shul. Ah, see, cigarette smoke yes. it amplifies everything else that's there. Yes. And if you don't cigarette have smoke, that, that's the, it, that's it, it latches on, or or vice versa, the the cologne latches onto the smoke. Yeah, it creates yeah. this kind of uh, the chemical reaction, swamp thing kind of effect. <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't know. It was odd. It was like it's funny because like I have a like kind of a beard going on, and and all, but also kind of like longer hair. Well, you're you are a man, right? I assumed. No, I'm saying like most of the guys there, they had like this, you know, the the Cristiano Ronaldo haircut, and also clean shaven. Mm. Ah. And so I have a beard and kind of longer hair, but then I come with like, I'm not wearing a suit. I'm wearing just like a nice shirt and like a, you know, so I just look like I just kind of came from like the settlements and somebody forced me to put on respectable clothing. That's what I looked like yesterday. <laughs> and, and, and so the women kind of just like, except for the women that I kind of know from before, who are basically all married, didn't really look my way necessarily. Not that I even, whatever, because most of them were either like not even Jewish or really 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 secular we're not even talking about the women that you and i spoke about uh yeah so that was kind of the environment but uh otherwise i had a good time eric eric gave me an amazing bracha about finding whatever i won't say it on air i don't want want to keep the bracha in but uh (laughs) but uh he also told me that we we have let's change the world under the chuppah he was like some guy was pulling him away he was being torn. You know how like the room gets torn apart, like right. James, I don't. Like, yeah, I, I I remember. But um, James Dean. Yeah. They, they wouldn't even let me eat a potato. It, it's it's terrible. I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. What what's the point of this torture? I mean, they want brachas from you. You're you are apparently on that day. You are like, you're like the Baba Sali. So so they just yeah, but, mob you. No, so so you know it might be wise yeah. to let the guy have a potato. Otherwise, the bracha is going to be like. I hope on your wedding somebody lets you eat a potato. You know, and that's it. Well the, well, the thing is, the Baba Sali never ate, so they are assuming that you're like him. The, the groom is like Baba Sali. Like the Baba Sali, never, you know, Baba Sali, when people washed for bread and the part of like, you know, uh, 10 or more men, or let's say there's like two men that wash for bread, there was always a sofek whether or not the Baba Sali could join a zimun because he never ate enough bread. So they think that you are like Baba Sali. It just doesn't need anything. Who doesn't need it? Need to eat anything? Clearly, for the folks at home, they don't care. Why don't you tell the folks at home who the Baba Sali is? The Baba Sali was a big tzaddik in the in the Sephardic world. He's from Morocco. He's a big tzaddik to everyone, to the and, to the whole Jewish world. Yes, and 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 uh, he comes from a long line of tzaddikim. Like uh, it's called the Abu Hazera family. His actually his nephew David Abu Hazera right now. He's like the main kind of scion of that family. His great great grandson was my Havrusa and my note. Uh huh. Good guy. Funny guy. Nice. 
That's that's a nice, interesting caruso to have. <laughs> cool guy, cool guy. Like from he's from LA. He uh-huh. had a lot of a lot of he had a lot of comic chops. Did a lot of uh, he, he was good at impressions. Is he Abisera or Abusira, something like that? Abisera, yeah, yeah. His father is Yisrael Mayor Abisera. Like they changed the, they changed the spelling or something like that. He's Chabad. Right? They're Chabad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I seen picture Isaac. No, there's like Isaac Haki Abisera. I'm like reading all these different Abiseras. There's different Abiseras. I mean. My Chavrusa's name, by the way, we sucked at learning, but my Chavrusa's name, um, I hope he's doesn't, I still suck at learning. I hope he's much better because uh-huh. we, we're just goofing around too much. But um, but his name is Israel, and he's a musically uh-huh. talented guy, hilarious guy, uh-huh. uh, genuine dude. He's religious for real, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, with a, you know, but still has his sense of humor intact. It's just, a, I don't know, great guy. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I remember I was watching this, this black lady comedian many, many years ago. Uh-huh. Oh, I wish I could remember her name. She was funny. Uh, <clears throat> she was like, do you have anybody in your family that's like evil religious? They're religious, but they're like evil religious. You know what I mean? Like you come in and they're like, have you been to church on Sunday? You know, like everything yeah, is like judgy. <laughs> everything is like judgy. Everything is like, you know, Everything is used as a weapon, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So he ain't like that, you know. Yeah. He's. I have somebody like that, and uh, whatever. I know somebody like that. His father, by the way, my this this guy. Just one more thing to say, was the Rebbe's whistler. Interesting, like the guy who like whistled in the back. I don't. I don't. It's was not that... an official. It's not an official position, as I imagine. But uh-huh. but he uh, generally, uh, it's not. It's frowned upon to whistle, really, right? Yeah, indoors. But he, but he was able to do it in a way, somehow, where it was okay for him. Like mm-hmm. the way he did it, somehow, yeah. only this guy could get away with it. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. He he wrote a he wrote a couple of books. He was a he was a macro by, before he became like huh. a bod. I don't think I, I think this you know that he wasn't. I think he may have been secular, his father. No. His parents. And then and then they got religious, they got close to Chabad and um, you know, joined Lubavitch. But before that, in the 60s, he was like a macrobiotics guru. Mm-hmm. Not a real guru, but you know, like famous macrobiotics. About, oh no, not not Rabbi Schloss, right? Because he's also he had a macrobiotic restaurant. They, they know each other very well. Oh, okay, fine. They're fr- they're 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 all I don't know. I never heard a conversation about them being friends, but they they definitely, uh, tr- you know, traveled in the same circles. They're both mm. from Jerusalem, you know, like, and, yeah. and uh, they're, they're both involved with Mayanot in some way. So I'm sure they, yeah. They're both from L.A., right? Schloss is from L.A., right? No, Schloss is from New York. But he had a restaurant in... He had a restaurant in the, villi- in the village. I mean, he spent, probably spent time in L.A., but he had a restaurant in the, in the village called The Cauldron. Yeah. I was I heard a rumor that mm-hmm. Rabbi Schloss was the cook at the Beatles Love Weekend. I don't there was a famous like oh, I don't know what but, they, but he met them, that's for sure. He met them. Uh, if anybody can explain to me what the Love Weekend is, I never got around to looking it up. And I heard a rumor <laughs> unsubstantiated that he was the cook. Okay. So 
Dude, can I play this really quick audio? Somebody just posted literally a video. It says, amazing 1986 video from the Aish HaTorah archives. So inspiring to hear Rabbi Noah Weinberg's passionate description of Aish's mission. Dude, this is like footage from the old city, like 1986. That's, that's random. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Searching for guidance and meaning. Decades ago, Rabbi Noah Weinberg recognized this growing need. In 1974, he founded Eish HaTorah to fight the battle for Jewish survival. The Jewish people built the state of Israel. The Jewish people can build the Jewish people. We have to bring them back here. There's an awful lot to accomplish for ourselves, for our destiny, and for the world. Rabbi Weinberg's vision was to create a grassroots movement, bringing the power and wisdom of our heritage to young, secular Jews. They, in turn, would inspire a Jewish renaissance within their own communities by reviving Jewish culture, Jewish identity, and Jewish pride. Today, Eish HaTorah has reawakened the spirit of Judaism within the lives of over 40,000 Jews throughout the world. Eish HaTorah means fire of the Torah. The Torah is the spark that brings light and love in its richness way to a more... It's, it's really crazy because at that time... First of I mean, all, how many times, it's really crazy how many times they use the word Jewish unnecessarily. But you know, Noah Weinberg, like, <laughs> dude, you, you've seen him speak like like on video, right? The guy had shtick, man. I don't I don't know if I recall. Well, Noah Weinberg, the head of Ish, dude, the guy had mad shtick. Rabbis are, you know, generally, or they used to be well known for, for having great shtick, you know, like the yeah. shtick is part of the teaching process. Yeah. So why do they instill, I don't know, just like they have shtick, but then they, they, they instill like not having shtick in the students. I'll tell you why. It's weird. I'll tell you why, because they're, they're very, let me just be nice and say naive about yeah. what a person from a secular background is. Like they have a very primitive view yeah. of, of the type of person that yeah. comes out of a secular background. Like they're just like, they don't understand it. Yeah. Okay. And they just kind of, they look at it as like, you're in everything that you did and everything that you've ever experienced in life was just nonsense and foolishness. Yeah. So anything that's similar to the way you've been behaving before should yeah. not be indulged. Yeah. Meaning but they're, like, they're, no, but they're behaving partially, not partially. No, but like, what no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying basically they think that because they lived, they grew up in a responsible yeah. Uh, environment yeah so, so when they use shtick it's not going to get out of control yeah but if a, somebody from a foolish environment yeah. right yeah uh uses shtick then they can't control it and it's going to lead to you know you're going to wake up in the in the, in the vegas desert yeah. with sparkles all over your body it's almost like they think that, that you know they're the only ones who know how to wield a gun yeah because they're trained to wield a gun and we're just like idiots running around with and shoot ourselves in the foot basically how do, we change, how, do we, how do we change that? Um, I mean, you and I are trying to change that just by virtue of doing this, but we don't. We don't change that. We there's a new like guys from our generation. Believe it or not, as shocking as it sounds, Greg, mm -hmm. and as tragic as it is, 
we are, again, we're not rabbis, but guys our age of na- are now the rabbinical generation. Yeah, sure. Right? Guys our age should be the rabbis yeah. of, you know, of the guys who are younger than us, right? And uh, so we need Balchuva guys. And by the way, that's a misnomer. We need guys who used to be, who came from secular backgrounds, who became observant, and they, then they became rabbis, who yeah. are not ashamed yeah. and are not, they, they don't look at contempt from yeah. the environment that they came from. That's all, that's all it takes. And they're not trying to hide. They're not trying to, they're not trying to forget. They're not, they're not trying, trying to hide. They're not trying to forget. And, they're, and, the, and furthermore, they're trying to, to use some of that. That's all it is. Because you're not, you, there's no way, there's no way to make a Fermi understand. There really isn't. Of course not. Even some of the Bali Truva. You know? Yeah, they've essentially like nullified their entire life experience. Not just right? that. And are now pretending it doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Or they're using it, yeah. right? Yeah. But it, as a as kind of like a, a hot stove, yeah, yeah, experience. Meaning, like you burnt your hand. Ah, now you learned, right? So, yeah. so that's how they're. It's not yeah. a positive when they're giving a speech. They're like, "Well, I did this, and I did this, and then yeah. this is what I became." And da, da, da. well, tell me about that. What I would love to hear is that just the intricacies of that whole journey and experience. No, but that's, you see, when you're talking to some, okay. That would they, be so valuable. Their audience is like this, okay? When they're talking to Frumis, people who grew up Orthodox, right? And really, they, they're they really, like, very sheltered. They The people who, who stayed within the community. Folks, you know, it might shock you to hear this, but most Orthodox Jews don't, you know, they don't uh, fry out. or that You know what I mean? They, they stay within the community. They don't. You know, they don't go and do things that are contradictory. Either, even if they don't, so to speak, believe or whatever. Or their way of life. They just stay. You know what I mean? Like, like if, you speak, if you speak to people who, let's say, are upset with the Orthodox community, they're, they're going to point out every single person that does anything contradictory to that way of life. So you'll have a couple of outliers. Okay. And those are the guys, um, you know, <laughs> you might see the odd, you know, Hasidic guy at a, at a you know, who went nuts and he ended up at a strip club somehow or something like that. But that's, that's very, very, very low percentage. Most people, they don't do this shit. They stay within the community. Okay. It's just whether, whether it's social pressure or legitimate faith, it, it, that's not what we're discussing here. Okay. So, so when, when, when this rabbi or this guy who came from a secular environment is giving a speech to people who, uh, who who stayed within the Orthodox like little ghetto, right? Like the little community. Um, this is what they sound like. They're like, I remember I used to go to clubs and there was immodesty and drinking and abuse. And and and, and the ladies that are listening to this, yeah. right? From the, or, the Orthodox women, the older women, the mommies and all that kind of stuff, like, oh, oh God, oh, oh, ter-. you know, like it's like they're hearing, like yeah. it's like they're hearing a horror movie or something like yeah. that. Can I ask you a question? No, I'm talking about when they're speaking to quote unquote potential Bali Shuba. Potential when when they're when they're speaking in the Kiruv. So that's a little different. They're going to sound a little bit different, but that's what I was talking about. So okay, fine. So I'll adjust it. Here's what it sounds like. 
I was just like you guys. I indulged in the filth and the muck and the, and he's right, by the way, that's not, we're not, we're not talking about whether or not <laughs> what he's saying is correct. I'm true, yeah. Right. He's right. I'm just saying that like, but he's like, it's filthy, evil. It's the muck. I want to, you have to disconnect. You have to run away from it as hard as you can run away from it, disconnect from it, forget it, you know, just stuff it down, burn it. You know, that's, that's, that's the kind of rhetoric that you might've heard before. Okay. Um, it really depends on the person's experience, you know, yeah. some people, well, the guys who are saying that they actually feel, they actually feel that way, you know, either they've had a very negative experience and they wanted to run away from it as hard as possible, or they were coaxed into yeah. feeling that way about it. That's also possible. Yeah. Can I tell you something, man? When I was, again, when I was starting my, kind of on my journey and I heard, you know, I guess I'll name the rabbi, Rabbi Mizrahi, talking about clubs and what's there. And I, I almost, I could confirm exactly what he was saying because I saw it. But at the same time, in my case, it wasn't like I was going there to experience the things that he's describing. I was just, you know, you, you know, as well as I do, yeah. I was just there for the music, right? So, so when I became started growing more and more, I, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do because clearly I can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. And when I entered the Froom world, I realized everything is freaking lame in terms of musically and culturally and aesthetically and all this kind of stuff. It's really lame. Like, I'm sorry to anybody listening. Like, actually, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, but like, it's, it's really flipping lame. You guys are lame. <laughs> by the way, by the way, just, uh, just you, a word. You, don't, you really don't know what good, good, like even like, underground house music let's say if we're staying just in that realm you have I, no idea what can i just i, I want to make a statement now what you're doing <laughs> may i yes yes you may thank you <laughs> if you if you were to get hasidic jews and rabbis from the previous generation or from you know from the actual like villages of poland and ukraine and you know that you know europe or whatever or, or the middle east okay mm -hmm. if they were to listen to the kind of music that uh, that Orthodox Jews, you know, are listening to now, they'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? You know what I mean? First of all, what is this? Second of all, if you're talking about like just, let's say the Russian or your situation, they, they will be, what is this crap? Or if you, even if you're talking about the Jewified corny dance music, they would be like, why are you trying to turn Goyesha music into Jewish music? And it doesn't even sound that good. Yeah. It doesn't even sound good. It just sounds like the same bees buzzing in a can just with oyoyoy combined. See, terrible. Let's talk, let's talk about oyoyoy for a second. <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've heard oyoyoy that sounded good and appropriate. And I've heard oyoyoy that sounds weird and just, yeah. it's like, I don't understand. And I, I spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to understand the distinction between these two reactions. Well, there's oyoyoy like nigunim that are amazing. Well, no, I agree, but here's here. I want to tell you how what I came up with. Uh -huh. I heard a tape of an old Lubavitcher Chassid, Chabad guy. Okay, um, he you know spent most of his life in Ukraine. Okay, and this is a really old recording. I think it was recorded in. The early 40s and just kept getting uh, 
you know, copied and copied and copied over and over again. So it has that really kind of like it's like, Russian, it's like when they tape Russian television programs, you know, pretty peacefully, like Brazilian. Yeah, like, like really staticky, like analog sound. You know what I mean? Like very. So that that's obviously not great. But from what I heard, right, he was oy, 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 but it's it sounded absolutely natural. Yeah. Like you would that's what it sounds like for real when you hear it. Now it sounds like somebody trying to do an imitation of it. Do you understand? Yeah. It's kind of like hearing an have you ever heard a non-New York, a non-New Yorker, an actor? Yeah. Right? When they when they when and then they have to they get a role where they have to play a New Yorker. And yeah, then it's, they it's really it. contrived. It's contrived. It's uh it's oh it's 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 vulgar, really. Yeah. You know, that's what it sounds like when I compare the two oyoyoys. Yeah. Okay. A, 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 a Russian, a person from Russia, from Ukraine, from the Slavic world in the early 30s who spoke those languages and Yiddish. Yeah. That's what that's you would hear. Oi, oi is a natural part of their yeah. vernacular. Yeah. Okay. Um, and by the way, I'm talking about also uh, Eastern European non-Jews. Yeah. If you go to Russia, you're going to hear oi a lot. Yeah. Like. Like for instance, everybody thinks "oi" here is a is a Jewish thing. It's but not. if you go to East, if you go to Eastern Europe, you're gonna you're gonna see some some yeah. like blonde like you know Barbie yeah. looking Oksana, Oksana, and she's gonna be like you know she's gonna be talking to her friend. Oi, right? Oi is the equivalent of like oh boy or oh gosh like that you know exactly okay. So when you hear people who usually say, oh, gosh, and then they say, oi, you're like, yeah. what the hell? That, that, you know, you know my a... favorite is when you tell somebody American and Froom that something happened to you or something, some there was some stafu, and they have, like, literally nothing to say or nothing to help you with. They're just like, oi, oi, you know, and then the, and the next word is usually like, nebuch. I'm like, no, can you? As soon as I hear that, I'm just like, I don't need your oys. I need your help. <laughs> no, but but basically, no, no. But I don't know if I agree because okay. if somebody says oi, right, what they're really trying to say is, damn, dude, that sucks. I wish I could help. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's how I take it. I don't know. You don't. You don't have to agree with me. But, uh... And then there's and then there's the rabbis when you tell them something and they have no idea what you're talking about. They'll just go. Uh-huh. No, they go, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's that's the worst. You ever you ever you ever get that? You ever get that from like one of these? Like, uh-huh. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? That is so not in my world. Uh-huh. It's 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 like uh I don't know. It, in, in, it's like in the opposite of validation. It's like whatever the opposite yeah. of validation is, that's that. <laughs> it's sort of like well, how did you arrive at this point? It's almost like it's <laughs> almost like they're saying, "Let's think about why this happened." Yeah, rather, hold, hold on a second, man. Give me a second. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So that. Yeah. So, so I was saying that when sometimes when they say, I can't say they, but some 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 of the rabbis when you have conversations with them and they say, "Uh huh," it's sort of like. Let's not. Here's a translation. Sometimes 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's focus more on how you arrived in this situation rather than what we can do to get you out. Yeah. There might be nothing we can do to get you out, but let's figure out how you got here. Yeah. Could it have been that you've made a series of idiotic decisions that that fit a pattern in your life? Or you can... it's not even that. It's like, for example, like a conversation <laughs> I'll have with a rabbi where they're like, or, or just any from person that just meets me and they're asked, like I have some rabbis that are asking me like some something about dating and then I explain to them this and that and the other. You know, something to do with the fact that I'm Baltruva and I was some something about my history dating wise and my age. And then that whole thing leads to uh-huh. Nothing. There's nothing, there's no way they can help. There's no, there's no, there's not even an offer. There's not even like a thing they can offer. They can't even get to the bottom of why this and why that. There's no way they can because they're, it's so not even in their purview. It's so out of the realm of their experience completely. A, a guy becoming a Baltruva at 31, I don't know, being engaged, having a broken engagement, toiling in the you know, wrong circles of the from world dating wise. And next thing you know, he's like 41, you know, whatever. Like, how do you even, how do you solve that? You don't solve that. What do you have? What can you even say to that? Nothing. All you can say is, uh-huh. It's like James Brown. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is they talking about? I don't know. Just keep singing. We're getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? It's crazy. Um, we wanted to talk about, uh, speaking of getting to the bottom of things, we wanted to list all the things that these um, Shmorim people are doing that goes literally against the Torah, like directly against the Torah. We did, and we will, but okay. I was wondering. Mm-hmm. If we could postpone that for a, for a few minutes. Okay, that's fine. And, and okay, so I know that you're probably not going to want to hear these exchanges that I had on social media. Again, oh, I don't care. You could, you could read them. I sent you. Okay, so I just want to qualify why I wanted to mention this. Okay. So what I'm going to talk about for the folks at home is, is a, it's a type of situation which or conversation, which I have very, very frequently with people who contact me, right? Or they, or they have, you know, they have a very uh, strong comment to make on something that I post or something of that nature, right? And a lot of these people claim to be uh, big fans of my brother and they may, that which very well may be, okay? Usually usually they are, ironically enough. Right. But they have concocted um, a special like a framing, like a framework frame. in their yeah. mind where that can where where that can be possible because because of uh, a lot of the things that he does and believes yeah. right yeah. and represents is intolerable to them so they have to create some kind of like oh well you know and I'm I'm obviously I'm speaking mostly about uh, some Christian people yeah okay. And I'm talking about the ones who contact me yeah. and anybody else out there that might be similar. I'm not talking about numbers. I don't know. I'm speaking again, folks. Yeah. This is only from my 
specific experiences. That's yeah. all I talk about. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to try to find this exchange if you just bear with me. And the reason I'm doing this is because uh, we we're just talking about, you heard us basically be critical as we often are of, of the Orthodox religious world, yeah. right? Even though we are uh, essentially Orthodox and religious, we are, we're part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we're pointing out things that bother us a lot. Okay. Yeah. So we feel like it's a legitimate uh, um, complaint. Okay. So, and also we don't have any malice about it. We actually just want things to get better, you know, yeah. and we're not, we believe the Torah is real. We believe God is real. Okay. And we believe that the only way out of this mess is to do what he says. Yeah. Okay. So that none of, even though we're criticizing the Orthodox world, I mean, we're still of that mindset. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay. One second. By the way, yeah, as, you, as you're finding that, I'm, uh, I appeal the, the Shmutub thing. Yeah. And I actually wrote in a comment, I, I, I'm, I'm literally, maybe they'll answer. I said, can you please point to the place in the video, because it's like a three and a half hour long podcast, which contradicts the, the who. They can't. They just, this is a, yeah, they just gave me an answer, like a uh, template. Like, well, uh, obviously they never yeah. obviously they, they couldn't i mean they, yeah yeah and they're not going to but it's a, yeah. it's a good yeah. well i take solace in the fact that hashem is watching all of this but anyway listen he i yeah. don't really why not because he's been watching everything bad that happened sure but i'm talking about in the end do we really think we're going to care what happens to people in the end oh that's i mean a, there's, there's going to be payment that's, that's, we know there's going to be payment, but am I going to give a damn about it? I, I, I'm going to give a damn about it. I, I would like so? to watch. I would like to watch this. If you think I'm so, I'm curious. I found it. I found it. Mm -hmm. So, right. okay. So, uh, on Getter, on my Getter account, mm -hmm. uh, I have a pinned post, mm -hmm. which is when. Uh, Greg and I did an interview with uh, with my brother. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a video interview which posted on on Rumble. Okay, yeah. and um, so yesterday somebody reposted it. It was actually the my brother's Zelenko Freedom Foundation, the person who runs that. They decided to repost it. Very nice of them. I didn't ask for it. It's nice yeah. that they did that. And then a lot of people started looking at it and making comments. Okay, so the most recent comment is, uh, I sh maybe I shouldn't say their name. Yeah. Check it out yourself if you wanna learn. So, yes. so in response, I'm not sure why, but in response to the video, he says lots of these people in the video below, he provided a link, yeah. which says COVID-19 message from our local Rabbanim, and they say, get vaccinated, right? Yeah. A bunch of, I've a bunch seen of that video. Hats. What's the shy one? What's the shy one? Yeah, a bunch of black hats and a couple of, they found a bunch of black hats and beard rabbi. Yeah. No, some of these, rabbi. some of these are pretty well-known rabbis. I, I know one of them. I mean, I've, I've met one of them. I, mean, I, I haven't said anything yet to the contrary. No. I'm just saying that they, they yeah. you know, they, they, they put together a group of. Yeah, of, a group uh, of tokens. A group of tokens. Okay. So, so you wrote, this is what this, this person who contacted me wrote, he said, lots of people in 
in the video below, which he provided, right, mm -hmm. are versed in quote unquote Kabbalah. Uh -huh. Yet at best, they're ignorant children or more likely complicit in murder. They are prostitutes. Yeah. Okay. Do not trust the title rabbi, you know, quote unquote rabbi. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Now, technically speaking, everything he's saying is true. Yes. Not for the reasons that he is saying it. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So he continues. One of the things I like about the good doctor, Dr. Zelenko, mm -hmm. was his sincerity to just be a healer and recognized this above the selfish Hellenistic approach of people like these in the video below who claim to be baby gods on earth. Yeah. Unsuspecting and their unsuspecting flock blindly follow these creatures who are complicit in murder. Okay. So Still not wrong. <laughs> so 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 here's my response. I mean, I obviously um let me just let me just continue. My response is like this. Actually, I know all of them. I should have I I meant to write, I know of them. And I actually <laughs> do know some of them. Actually, I know all of them, and they are certainly not versed in Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Zelenko was very well versed in Kabbalah. He published a book, Essence to Essence, elucidating many of the concepts. I edited the book. You you did edit the book? I did. I, I thought I thought his son did, or you also participated. His son, him and his son are authors, uh -huh. and, and I actually edited the entire book. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Sure. Thank you. If they were versed, so I continue, if they were versed in Kabbalah, they would not have ignored their intuition, mm -hmm. which is what God uses to communicate with us individually. And they likely would not have succumbed to political forces to support the vax. Mm -hmm. In the previous generations, the title rabbi was only given to the greatest Torah scholars who were the true shepherds of their communities, yeah. too often sacrificing their own lives to save their flock. The title rabbi is used too liberally now. We still have real shepherds, but you can't always identify them by that title now. So far, so, so good, right? Even yeah. though I was a little bit annoyed yeah. the way he came at me, I still tried to be nice. and You're trying to keep it civil so far. All right. His response is like this. Please name some of these quote unquote true shepherds alive now who have like the good doctor, quote unquote, not have succumbed to political forces. He's quoting my statement about them. And if possible, I appreciate any links as evidence. Thanks. OK. Now, when I read this, I kind of I was still not fully awake. So I was like, all right, I'm going to give him a list of uh, yeah. of rabbis. I'm going to say Rabbi Yaakov Bergstein, yeah. Rabbi yeah. Daniel Green, uh, Rabbi Bar Chaim, yeah. um, Rabbi, Rabbi Kessin. Listen, there's a whole list of Hasidish rabbis that no, no one even knows about. But you can even, right. if you, you could just name off the top of your head those guys, yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm just, I was just thinking of a list that he could actually find information on online. Like if he, yeah. if he were to write their name, you know, they have videos and stuff right. like that. Um. And then I kind of reread what he said, and his tone pissed me off so badly. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, so I was like, listen, this is my response. Listen, I don't appreciate your tone. Quote unquote evidence, right? He's like, evidence? He's asking for evidence, right? Mm -hmm. So 
what are you, a prosecutor? Yeah. Don't, and I continue, don't get it twisted. I don't feel the need to justify or prove anything to you. I was actually going to provide some links, but something about the way you're talking makes me not care what you think. Yeah. I was engaging you in conversation. That's it. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. That's, that should be where it ended, right? Yeah. Okay. Then he, continued, he, he responded, lots of people claim lots of things. The good doctor always said, do one's own diligence and not trust another human being. Now you come up with that statement, right? Like I'm the one who's, uh, okay. So I respond, uh, you should be more concerned with your own statements. You don't speak honestly and openly. You sound like you're entitled to demand an answer from me to your straw man criticisms. You are not entitled to anything. In my experience, someone who talks the way that you do isn't innocently asking for information out of a legitimate curiosity, but rather you have already made up your mind about it. You seem to be looking for a platform uh, to state what you already, what you, your already established views. That ain't cool. It's very snake-like behavior. Okay. So he responds, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, he's quoting my brother, uh, I have provided the reference references, do your own research. And then he says, compare that with your statements. Uh, okay. So then, so, so in response, I, I basically quoted uh, a section of his first reply, you know, when he, he started the conversation. So yeah. he writes, yeah. lots of people in these videos are versed in quote unquote Kabbalah, yet at best ignorant children are more likely complicit in murder. And then he says, do not trust the title rabbi, right? So yeah. So then I, that was a quote from him. Now I'm responding in my own words. I said, you're the one who started this conversation with statements. Normally when someone begins a conversation with me using terms and quotation marks, like quote unquote Kabbalah, by the way, misspelling the general, misspelling the general. He he spelled Kabbalah, K-A-B-A-L-L-A. Yeah. That's that's how you, you that, that's one telltale. So you know sign that you, that you're not talking to a Jewish person, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. So normally, right. So so I wrote normally when someone begins a conversation with me using terms and quotation marks like quote unquote Kabbalah and quote unquote rabbi and quote unquote true shepherds, right? That usually means that they are Christians yeah. who seem to be already predisposed to having contempt for those words. and the people associated with those words. Most of them having no personal knowledge about them. All they quote-unquote know is what they were told by their quote-unquote Bible teacher or what they read from the writing of a critic. In my experience, this person has no unfiltered experience with the subject. Okay, so that so far is where it's ended. But the point is, I'm not trying to show how I dispatched of him heroically in this discussion. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying that this is the kind of thing that that happens very, yeah. very often. Unfortunately. And I'm, si- and I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm just sick of it. Anybody Listen, listening you know, to this? Like, like I said to you in our chat, I said, unfortunately, if you want to say there's a camp, that we have a camp, generally like yeah. saying, there are people like this in our camp. And, yeah, uh, man. I mean, see, what he did was, right? He took my brother's legitimate criticisms of of some Orthodox people. Yeah. Right, and he was using that. He was trying to twist it and to yeah. use it and to lob an offensive against the entire concept. Yeah. 
rabbis, yeah. the entire concept of Kabbalah. And he, he so was on. trying to use it to, to yeah, throw the baby out of the bathwater kind of thing. Right. So that's so that's that's really, really dirty. That's dirty, dirty shit. Yeah. Okay. I, I know Christians who, even though they don't agree with me and I don't agree with them, they're honest enough not to not to do stuff like this. Yeah, that's true. They're not snakes. Yeah. So, you know, and another reason why I wanted to say this because I just wanted I wanted people, for those that don't know, I'm sure there's many wise people who are able to. Um, uh, identify the nuances of lies, right? But this is how these are the this is how lying is done most of the time. Yeah. Okay. It's not just done in big fat lies like, well, actually, you know, the media and yeah. the Democrats they're just doing big fat lies. Just, yeah, because they because they know nobody nobody nobody's uh, nobody cares yeah. and nobody's uh, paying attention. Yeah, like Norm said about about Hillary Clinton. Um, <laughs> She will tell many lies. She's a dirty liar. <laughs> yes. I just love that clip. And this morning I sent you of uh, all the, whatever, the fruity jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, yeah my favorite is uh, that, that, that picture of, the front, of Tom, uh, of uh, Tom Cruise, where he was like on the, he was on the, like the front cover of uh, Vanity Fair or something like that. Like yeah. looking really flame, like, like a yeah. looking fruity. Right. Yeah. And he's like, well, he said something like, well, Tom Cruise uh, did his best to allay to allay the the, the rumors about his homosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right up there with, with Tom Cruise comes out of literally comes out of a closet in South Park. <laughs> yeah. like an actual closet. Right. Right. That's funny. That's funny. And he's like, when he was remember that movie interview with the vampire? Yes. So okay, so, enough. No, right, Norm McDonald goes, my criticism of this movie, not gay enough. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a fruity movie. But um yeah, but basically um lying, most lying was done like is communicated in the way that this person was. Yeah. You know, they use they try to use legitimate discussions leg people who say things for legitimate reasons yeah. and they twist it and they always go on the offensive this is a professional liar the person i'm speaking to yeah yeah and and one of the one of the uh one of the things we're trying to accomplish here on truth fanatics is to banish bullshit from the earth yeah that's what most bullshit sounds like yeah by the way that's hashem's wish as well in case it, it maybe not he won't use the word bullshit but it's just he wants you know, to get, you know wouldn't it be awesome if he would yeah, it would be awesome if he came I, it down would, it would really shut up all those frummies yeah you would just hear a henley penley voice i told you not to speak bullshit <laughs> remember remember the movie right. pure genius yeah. the guy they implanted the uh thing in his teeth yeah yeah, yeah. kent but, yes <laughs> have you been touching yourself <laughs> oh. so, so this is like don't speak any bullshit i told you not to <laughs> what okay okay what is that you <laughs> and then you see like popcorn exploding yeah that was a great movie that was val kilmer and uh, this kid with a whacked out haircut yeah he was uh, that was not a i mean it is a whacked out haircut but that was that's fairly common yeah in the late 
these. I, I I I had that haircut as a kid, and I. That's like like a I feathered did, a feathered part. Yeah, I did my best to get rid of it, to augment it. And that kid pissed me off. He did piss remember, me off. Well. Yeah. Remember when that when that weird like like psycho horny lady came yeah. to have sex with him because she yeah. wanted to have sex with all the smartest men on earth. Yeah. She's like, I, she goes out of the six smartest men on earth. I've had five. You're the last one. Right. Huh. She's, and this is like a smoking hot, like, yeah. like adult lady. Yeah. Right. And then, and then, and then he decided to go and, you know, not do it like a putz. Yeah. I mean, forget the fact that he's 14, but still, yes, a real 14 year old would have gone for it. What's the, let, let me let me correct let me correct that. I would have gone for it at yes. fourteen. What's the actor's name? Um, I don't know. I've never seen Mitch. him in anything. G- Gabriel Jarrett. Oh my god! You should see him now. I I don't want to. <laughs> he I was... got very very upset recently. Very upset about. Um, there's a smokestack that I that I loved in the in the in the in the eighties. I still love. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, Tommy Chong's daughter. Ray Don Chong. Uh-huh. You, you if you were see her face, you'd know right away who she is. Like uh, you... Let's see. Ray Don Chong. No. Chong. Oh yeah, she was like in the Cosby show and then Yeah, beautiful black girl. Yeah. I mean, she's then... mixed, whatever, whatever. Her mom yeah. her mom was black and then whatever Tommy Chong is. Yeah. Chinese and, and Irish. Tan, tan man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Tan> man. <laughs> Do you remember that Damon Wayne's movie, Tan Man? <laughs> what, Tan a dark, man? what a dark, weird, not Tan Man. It was, it was called um, Blank Man. No, there was a movie with Damon Wayans directed by, I think, Spike Lee, where he, where he plays this producer of a, of a, of a blackface show. No, no, no. I, I've never heard this before. It's, it's here. Uh, it, it was called, you got to watch Bamboozled. Bamboozled. It has never heard of it. Dude, you gotta watch this movie, bro. It's actually a pretty decent movie. It's got uh, what's his name? Uh, uh Rappaport, the one of whatever. Uh Jada Pickin Smith, Damon Wayans, Savion Glover, that tap dancer guy. Dude, Michael Rappaport is one of the is one of the original Jew Farrakhaners. Yes. <laughs> Remember that movie Zebrahead? You you that you was like that was like his first DJ. big movie. He was a DJ, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he looked like 311. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> You remember 311? Pop goes the weasel. Yes. yes. By the way, you know who's in the movie in this bamboozled? No. Our favorite racist comedian, Paul Mooney. I'm definitely not watching this movie. No, now. you do. You should. Uh, Tommy Davidson's in it, so you, you should watch I'm it. Not, I'm not going to do it. Tommy dude, Davidson, Damon Wayans. Dude, I don't need to look for Tommy Davidson. I just can look at Booty Call and I can go <laughs> Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Okay, that's his best role ever. I recommend this movie. It's a good movie. It, it is Spike Lee whatever but it's i don't know i enjoyed the, the troglodyte yes <laughs> so there's no, but- a there's a part where he's like so damon wayne's plays this kind of like whatever uncle tommy kind of character he, he becomes like this black uh producer of the sh- of a show and he talks like this and we want to give the people a show and we're going to call it tan man but he has all this kind of like black history stuff in his office he's very like he's one of these guys he's like well versed in black history but he's like you know kind of uh uppity you could say uppity 
<laughs> whatever you know what i mean like he, he people couldn't consider him uppity right 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 you uppity old yeah so michael so, is like his but, partner he's like his, his producer partner whatever that's very fascinating i want to go back to my depression about ray don chong uh-huh okay i want to, I want to wallow in that for a little uh-huh. while because uh-huh. it's like it's you know i'm 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 kind of joking kind of not uh-huh. you know because you know she looks like an old lady now she is an old lady mm-hmm. it's like how the hell does ray don chong ever end up looking like an old lady that's what i, I want to that's what that's that concept alone yeah. is 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 one of the primary reasons why i want mashiach to come and i want this 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 version of reality to, to end this aging thing you're talking about you know, it's aging, like aging. It's so unfair. Yeah, yeah she was gorgeous. Man. She was she even was, if it's fair. Even if it's fair, it's unfair. It, it was her basically, and what's her face? Uh, uh, no, uh, the one who played uh, Denise. You're talking about Lisa, Lisa Bonet. Yes, I was. I was going to bring her up. Lisa, Lisa Bonet somehow held up a little bit. You know, like she, she's she like did. Still, she did. You know, but but like I, when I was a kid, like yeah. when I was like. 11 or 12. Yeah. I, I loved Ray Don Chong and, and, and I loved Denise. I, I always loved Denise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from uh, uh, Lisa Bonet. Yeah. And I was just like, and I saw Prince. Remember in the one, in like the, sorry about that. Hold on a second. Can you hear the baby? Um, hardly. It's very loud. Mm. Rafi, shut up. Yeah. Just kidding. No, so I, when I was 12 or 13, you know, that's what Prince kind of had like a resurgence of popularity. Yeah. yeah, when he did the whole symbol artist form of known as. No, this is even before that. This is uh, Diamond and Pearl. Remember Diamond and Pearl? Remember Cream? That song Cream. Yeah. Cream. Right? What a very, very dirty, dirty song. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But he had these two beautiful white girls, right? And they were exactly the type. They were my favorite, you know, right. like beautiful yeah. kind of slightly olive skin brunette stunning yeah. stunning. Yeah. and uh, uh he, listen listen folks can you hear him looking it up you can hear him typing right i'm now. typing no i'm i'm i want to i want to play for the folks at home jamie fox doing prince yeah honestly. but hold on hold on hold on so you have so, to hear this right so it pissed me off right i was yeah. like why is this fruity i'm more of a fan of prince now than i ever was like i was never really a fan i was more of a michael jackson fan there was like a rivalry right but I'm, I'm more of a fan of Prince now because he seemed to be like a little bit smarter, maybe had a more a better sense of humor. He didn't yeah. actually take himself that seriously. No, he didn't. Even though okay. he was a mega genius. Musical. He was a mega genius, but he was, you know, he, he understood he was a fruitcake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's not not a gay fruitcake, folks. Not every I was gonna say if fruit if fruitcake me means you get women right. like this is let a me, fruit let cake. me be a fruitcake up and down. That's right. So th- this is a very, this is a very, this, this guy, as, as my friend, as my, my, my Indian, it's not friend, gay, you have a meat. my Indian friend, Madhu, he says <laughs> he got some bad bitches. That's right. Right. He did. And uh, so, <laughs> I, so I felt like, I felt like he was doing it at me, you know, like he was gloating. He's like, he goes, look, this is me at 12. He's like, look, you see these two broads. You like these broads, huh? I got him. I'm walking around telling you, know what I mean? like it felt like a statement. Yeah. So I was like, I was, I was like, I was, I wanted to do something back at him. A, a five foot so two. Ray Don Chan yeah. and 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 Lisa Bonet. You know, I want to walk. You know, each one has an arm. I'm just walking. I'm just walking into places with them. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. hopefully Prince sees that, you know, yeah. I, folks, I, I, I'm not saying I was a smart kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have right. these weird like uh, things we conjure up when we're I wasn't like, a very smart kid, but that it is what it is. Yeah. Let's put it out there. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, like, it was like a, apparently very common that white guys love Lisa Bonet. They love her. Oh yeah, she was awesome, awesome man. And she's Jewish. You know she's Jewish, right? Just I loved her before I knew anything about. Her. I know. I I'm just. It just so happens to be. I didn't know she was Jewish. I didn't give a shit about any of that. I still yeah. don't. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I know that I should. I know that it's wrong. And that means that, that her daughter is Jewish. Zoe Kravitz's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah their daughter yeah 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 that is correct so you know what i mean yeah that's an example of by the mother by the mother isn't it weird i thought that like and this is weird and this kind of bugged me but i got over it i thought mm -hmm. that ray don chong was forrest whitaker's sister that is that would be odd take a look at their faces yeah but forrest whitaker has a lazy eye she also has a little bit of that like really? a little bit but it's sexy on her, not on Forrest. <laughs> Yo, remember, remember, don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. Remember Bernie Mac? Yes, yes. Played that cop, that that self-hating, yeah. like black cop, yeah. where he just hated young black guys, right? Yeah. And he was doing a spoof on the on that character from Boys in the Hood in the yeah. movie Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. and I forgot the other guy. They got pulled over by cops, and one of them was black. And he was like a self-hating kind of boondocks type dude, right? Yeah. And uh, and he was like, he goes, I hate something. I can't remember what he said. But then Bernie Mac, he was parroting him. He goes, he goes, I hate my black gums. <laughs> he goes, I hate the black. I, no, he goes, I hate the back of Forrest Whitaker's damn neck. <laughs> He's like, anything that's really dark or black yeah. looking. It's it. so weird. <laughs> Please, yo, yo, find that clip, dude. I got to hear it right now. Can I play I before it. I do that? Can I play the? Jamie Foxx, Prince. No, no, because we're to strike while the iron's hot. And then right after that, we'll play Prince, because I'll say something about Prince. Forrest, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, don't be a menace. Oh, this, okay. I, I know what you're talking about. Racist Black Cop, there we go. Okay. <laughs> this is very funny. FanDuel. Oh, my God. It's funny how you look back and you didn't realize that was Bernie Mac until Bernie Mac became famous, you know? I, I realize it. No, meaning I, I remember, like, I remember the face. I just didn't know it was Bert, Dr. Bernie Mac. Yeah. You there, get out of the truck and put your hands in the air. Stand on one leg. With the tip of your finger, touch the tip of your nose. It's like making fun of all the stupid tests. Now, in a circular motion, <laughs> I can't even do it sober. <laughs> Strike a pose. No vogue. Strike a pose. No vogue. They're voguing. Here comes Bernie Mac. He's wearing like bunny slippers. Wings. This is great.
didn't even do nothing. You look so tough now, little nigga. Hate you, black bastards. Stay. Hate your black skin. Hate your black pants. I hate black pepper. Yeah, even 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 what's his name? Marlon Wayne was like, ugh, like yeah. Like, yeah, listen, listen. Most of all, oh, I hate that black ass Western Snipes. <laughs> all right, we're playing Jamie Fox. I love you there. Yeah, man, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, oh you just like? No, you're gonna play, right? I thought you were gonna play it. Yeah, sure. That's all, man. But Hollywood is freaky. I'm gonna tell you, I shouldn't. T- well, should I? T- okay, you get the chance to meet all of your, you know, your favorite stars when you're in Hollywood. And I, and I met Prince. You know what I'm saying? The man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fag, and I, you know. <laughs> but uh. I mean, he, uh, I mean, he, he I mean, he pretty. I mean, how do you say it? I just ain't never seen no man that looked like that. You know, just, just dancing. And shit. It, it troubled me because I couldn't, I couldn't look at him in his eyes. I'm like, I can't even look at you. It's cute than a motherfucker. I can't even. This little pretty bitch is cute as a motherfucker. I can't even look at you. Because he came out with a little ice game outfit on, you know. With the boots sewn into the shit, and I'm like, that's nice. And he had a little choke chain around his waist. I'm like, that's you know, that's that's nice. I'm not I'm not looking, I'm not gay, I'm just saying that's nice. <laughs> I know you think you think I'm I'm gay. I'm just saying I I challenge any dude in here not to look in his eyes and feel some kind of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, because he was pretty he was like a a, a a deer or something or a fawn. <laughs> Just, I was like, I can't. I shouldn't even be telling you this shit. <laughs> and then he start talking with that shit. So it's happening. <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> so, how's everything going? I'm, you know, it's, it's cool. You know. I heard you and LL got into it. Yeah, you know, some bullshit. What do you think Jesus would have done in that situation? Not a lot, I don't know. I just couldn't, you know, get. <laughs> Fuck it, I ain't gonna even finish this shit. I mean, I, I looked, I looked, you know, I glanced at his eyes once. Okay, yeah. Okay, I was a fact for two seconds, but I wasn't like I wasn't on the bottom of the shit. I was on top. Don't get it twisted. God. Yeah. But I did. I, I would have. I'm. You know. I don't. Nobody would have known. I just. 
That troubled me though, man, because that made I was like, man, this is troubling. And then when I left, the security guard knew something was wrong with me. He's like, what's up, Blair? Shit. What happened? You looked in his eyes, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you ever looked in his eyes? Yeah. Once. Then what happened? I've been fucking for two years now. <laughs> Hey, yeah, man. Do you want to hear the 30 second impersonation of him singing like Prince? I would love to. That was actually pretty funny. The Brady Bunch thing. You know what I liked about that? What he said? Hmm. It's like, well, just not what he said, but the general theme. It's like, you know, he felt like he understood that it, it was a little fruity, that it's suspect. Yeah. But like Prince, how much I think everybody kind of felt that way. Like Michael Jackson before all that, you know, all those rumors and stuff was it felt a little yeah. they were both kind of fruity, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Continue. Huh. Gray whale oh, oh, the ads, the ads, YouTube, Shmootube. You gotta make money. And okay. You want to hear this whole thing or just the part about him doing different voices with Brady Bunch? I thought you were going to play him singing like Prince. Yeah, yeah, no, but it gets to it. It like, here. Yeah. That's Luther Vandross. So after that, it's going to be Prince. It's driving me crazy to think that Miss Brady. Yo, Jamie Foxx just loves to show off. He's kind of annoying in that respect. Yeah, but he's very talented. He, 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 he didn't decide what he wants to be. He wants to be singer-comedian. Yeah. He wants to be both. Yeah. Well, what if it was Prince? There you go. <laughs> you know, Prince is breaking down like... <laughs> all right all right we got it we got it we got the facial expressions are like <laughs> i like i don't want I don't, I don't want you to play it but i like when uh chris tucker he was doing a stand-up and he was talking about hanging out with uh, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson and yeah. Barry Gibb, you know, yeah. from the uh, yeah. the Bee Gees, right? Yeah. And then, you know, they, and he was just like sitting there listening to them singing. And then he decided he like he kind of wanted to, jo- you know, join in. Right. And then Michael Jackson's like, no, Chris, no, no, Chris. Why do you do that, Chris? No, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done that before when it's like we didn't want you didn't want me to do something. On the on the show on the on the air, and you're like you're just like no. I'm, I know because no, that's I, I do say that sometimes. Yeah. Yes. No, no, okay. No. <laughs> uh so let's talk. Yeah, about- man. So 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 Ray Don Chong makes me want Mashiach a lot. <laughs> Not just her, but in principle, that yeah. that that concept. Yeah. That reality. Okay. Yeah. 
right? And then, and then, and then I'll get a chance to make Prince jealous. That's you know, bearing in mind, like I don't even know if he likes black women. What Michelle tells, <laughs> tells you, you are not even meant to be with the either of these two women. And uh, that's not that does not he, he's gonna be like this, this is not what this is about, Mr. Ephraim. I think that he'll be more gentle to that because Mashiach seems like the type of person who would understand how much that hurts my heart. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somehow he'll figure out how to break it to me gently. Yeah. You know, you know why? Because harshness, right, has something to do with a lack of time. Yeah. Right? Sometimes, sometimes we're, we're harsh to people because, yeah. not harsh, but we say things that blunt. are blunt because there's not, enough, there's not enough time to go through the whole spiel yeah. in a gentle way. Yeah. You know, to sit down with a person. Let's have a, let's have a cup of tea. Yeah. You know? Let's tell have you a drink. Why, and tell you why I don't want to date you. <laughs> or anything else or any other type of like you know I tell you why you have been you know splash cold water on someone's face right so by the way my friends uh, from jerusalem just wrote a comment on by the way the, I, I managed to patch this live uh on facebook on my personal nice. page nice i didn't know just wrote, this is shitloads better than joe rogan yo exclamation points yes yeah, we know and he's a and he's a Tough critic, my friend Zev. He he doesn't like anything. By the way, Zev, that, that was I was attempting a um, humorous arrogance, meaning not really like I just wanted to pretend like I yes like I really feel that way, even though I kind of do. Like I like personally, if I because I listen to Joe Rogan here and there, yeah. and then I I listen to our uh, podcasts, our conversations. Yeah. I'm way more entertained by our conversations. Yeah, and I can't even stand. I can't stand the sound of my own voice, as I'm sure many of our listeners. Well, well, as you said before, the, your brother yeah. sounds like you. So that means you can't stand the sound of your brother's voice? No, no, no. I was joking. <laughs> I just saw an opportunity. I, was, I saw a shtick opportunity, and I took it. And, that's, I and, I'm, and I'm doing shtick now. So there, there you go. Shtick has to be obvious, my friend. Wow. At least you, you're not one of these people. If you're joking, that means it has to be funny. And I wasn't funny. <laughs> No, no, I, I believe people, you know, you know, who taught me that comedy doesn't necessarily, doesn't need to succeed. It does not. It's, it does it, not. It's Patrice O'Neill, the attempt. You know, right. It's the attempt. Okay. You gotta have, you gotta have the freedom to try things out. Dude, Either it's funny or it's not. 90% of the jokes that the best comedians that you've heard in your life, uh, that they've come up with are either never used like they end up on the cutting room cutting room floor or if they are used they bomb massively 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 dude you ever hear a a famous comedian where he um do his stuff in a small club just to te- as a tester like are you kidding stuff? me I, i've been i've been a test subject many many times new, new stuff dude 90 percent. the only reason people laugh most of the time at it is because of the, the fame aspect of the person who's saying it. Not because it's funny. Uh, I'm saying, like, if you ever hear Dave Chappelle test out new stuff in comedy, comedy sellers? Yeah, yeah I've, I've experienced that. Some of it is funny. Some of it is not. Some of it is half drunk. Some of it is high as hell. Dude, he, he was honestly... You know what? I cannot, I cannot fully argue 
what you said. Meaning like, I can't argue with what you said. I feel like I want to. I feel like, because the time that I saw him perform, okay. he was hilarious yeah. the whole time. And you know what? That, that That's a experience, th- the same night, yeah. Patrice O'Neill was performing before him. I never met, I never heard of Patrice. Dude, listen and- to me. I, I've, I've gone on stage three times in my life. And normally when comedians go on stage, they, they, they say the same, the same, literally the same identical sets. If they go on stage three times, they're going to say the same identical set three times in a row. If they're just starting out. I said different, literally vastly different material all three times, completely new. Two of those times went really well. One of the times not so well. Incidentally, both those times went well. I don't know if there's a correlation. People were able to get alcohol. It was, in, it was in Gotham. One of the times they were not able to get alcohol. I don't know. And, and other comedians also had, had trouble that night. The, 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 the night that it was in Broadway Comic Club. We, there was no alcohol being served. It's like my, my least favorite comedian, Nick DiPaolo. <laughs> yeah. right? He's like telling a joke. It didn't work out. Yeah. And he, you know, he sees like some sour looking lady. Over. Right? He's like, he's like, thanks for bringing her to the show, fella. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. No, but so what I'm saying is I'm not tooting my own horn, but I had I had other comedians who are also like open mic micers, but they, they've been open micers for a while. Come up to me. They're like, yo, it's Greg, is this your first time? I'm like, no. Oh, I'm like, yes. They're like, no, it's not. There's no way this is your first time. I'm like, well, this- your first time. Do you understand? Because if you've been if you've been like cracking wise, if you've been doing shtick your whole life, yeah, then it's not your first time. No, but getting up on stage and saying preset stuff that you wrote is a completely different thing than what you and I are doing right now, dude. It's oh, a- I thought I, I thought that I thought that that's what you didn't do. I I had never up until those times I had never been on stage. You mean just so, so the new part was just being on stage and doing it on a platform. That's higher than the rest of the people in the room. Yeah, but I mean, no, but it's not just the new part is everything. The new part is is delivering set material as opposed to joking around with your friends. And but random. No, but but you know what? That's what comedians do. That's yeah. one of their tricks. Yeah. They turn the audience, if yeah. possible. Yeah. Right. Into well, a room of their friends. They just well, start, you know, they start pointing at people. They yeah. see somebody with go- with a goofy nose, usually me. And they see somebody with a, with a you know, with a with a black neck, Forrest Whitaker. You know, they see somebody with a lazy eye, but sexy, you know, Ray Don Chong. They could they're going to use all of that and they're going to ask the audience questions and they work off of that. Well, in my six minute set, I didn't do enough for that, but there was a moment where. I, I had to go off kind of the rails of my set when I, I met, because I mentioned Hillary Clinton. And then I, you know, I did this classical thing of like, anybody, you know, who here support, because it's like, you know, it's Chelsea. So I was like, who here support, this is like back when like Hillary and Obama were running. So I'm like, who here supports Hillary? And there was like, you know, a gay dude and my, my female roommate from Astoria, Queens at the time. <laughs> and so what happened was, oh, I was like, oh, great. My roommate, one person. No, it was, it was just her. It was nobody else. Everybody else was like, boo, Hillary, boo. I'm like, wow, Chelsea. Like, and then, and then I point to my roommate because she was my roommate. And I was like, and then I just started go, imitating her and when we had conversations about Hillary, talking about Hillary. So I started imitating her. 
Yeah, exactly. You and use that got, and that got laughs, and that got and that got crazy laughs. And the funny part is, is that actually the joke before that should have been the end. I made a joke about Reagan or something. That should have been the that, that got like the biggest laugh, and I should have stopped right there. But then I continued and I went on about Hillary. And then my father's friend in Chicago, who hates Obama, he hates Democrats. And I and I told my father's friend, I was like, you know, I should have ended at the Reagan. He's like, no. I really like no. It's good that you continued. I really like the Hillary one. If you didn't say the Hillary one, it would be bad. Because you only made fun of Republican, and you now you at the end you said Hillary. Good, good. yeah, that, that like would be joke. No, because your father would understand that if had you not made fun of Hillary, that yeah. that that means you pussied out. Exactly. Well, my father's friend, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know what's funny? Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. We're having a little. We're having a minor meltdown. Just a minute. Norm Macdonald, can you hear me? Norm Macdonald, yeah. right? Uh, this is actually something that uh, is that the roast master general Jeff Ross. Yeah, he was telling a story about Norm when he was opening for Norm early in the in the early days. Yeah, it's actually even before Norm got really got on TV or something like that. So he watched him. Uh, he did in some sets, meaning some nights he did really great. Yeah, right for most nights, but then there were like there was like one or two nights that he didn't do so well. Right. It, it kind of depends on the crowd. Yeah. So on the nights that he didn't do well, he'd go to the to the door. Right. And he'd he'd uh, uh, he would say goodbye to each person leaving, the, yeah. <laughs> leaving the club. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and, and you know why he did that? Yeah. To 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 soak in the pain. Yeah. He didn't want to run away from it. He wanted to. Yeah. He that's wanted to get used to that's how you get used to rejection and bombing and feeling that awkwardness. Right. He wanted to live in it because yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta live in it. It's like getting used to cold water. You must, yeah, you must acclimating. In, in right. Russian, we say the <laughs> Right. And it's not the only one, it's not the only reason why I did that. He actually had like he enjoyed very much, like he had a lot of confidence in the funniness of his jokes because yeah. they were. Okay. And when people didn't get it, he almost liked that more than when people did get it. Yeah. Right, because because yeah. it's sort of like it it, it it gives the shtick to the whole kind of ambience. He he sort I think it was kind of like it was a slight, it was kind of a strange thing. It was a little bit crazy where his jokes were brilliant, and a lot of people didn't get it. Okay, they they didn't people who who did who don't understand shtick. Yeah. Okay, Norm Macdonald was a hundred percent shtick. He wasn't material. He was shtick. Oh. But do you know? Yeah. He could say the same jokes yeah. as others. Other people say yeah. say it, and it's not funny. He says it yeah. because it's not about the joke. It's about how he says it, yeah. right? And people who can't appreciate that, they're essentially, I mean, let's face it, folks, unintelligent. That's that, Dude, I say that all the time to people about, again, I don't want to go back to the subject of dating, but what I mentioned in the context of dating and telling people that a, a woman who doesn't have sick I literally have said this is not intelligent. Again, we, we clarified. We we got listen. We parsed that out we and did. and we clarified what I think you meant when you say that. Yes, not a woman who hashtag, but a woman who could at least recognize it. Correct. Correct. By the way, you know what Norm Macdonald never did. This is like 1998. I'm sitting in Comedy Cellar. It's like one o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday or to a rainy Tuesday or Wednesday. Remember when the, 
the owner, the Israeli woman, used to hand out like you know flyers for people to come in for free off the street. The comedy seller. Yeah, yeah, comedy seller. Just like yeah. you know, this is before it got big. I'm sitting there with my friends. This is when you could still smoke in there. So my friends, yeah. you know, they're smoking and we're drinking Heineken's, whatever. 18 years old, whatever it is. And this, this guy comes up. He's wearing khaki shorts. You know, mind you, it's a rainy night. He's wearing khaki shorts, a Hawaiian shirt. And uh, I love those shirts. He just starts like saying outlandish things. And then, and then, and then people just, oh, and then he gets up on like, he gets, you know how they had that piano? He yeah. sits on top of the piano because it's like one of those old panels you can kind of sit on the top of it. Yeah. He squats, like he sits with his feet and then he squats. And he starts saying like outlandish things and, and, and people start leaving, mostly girls, you know? Yeah. And you know what he does as they're leaving, you know, that, that exit door that's facing straight ahead, you know, directly from the stage. Yeah. He looks at them and he goes, you leaving? I'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. You told me this. You, you actually mentioned this. Don't, and he's like, and then he, and then he like shakes his head. He's like, don't leave. I'll kill you. And he just did that to everybody who left. He's like, and he's like, I'm gonna kill them later. Yeah, he's like, don't, don't leave. And then the rest of you, don't leave. I'll kill you. Right. And then me and my friends, we have we every every ever since then we would have like you know like hanging out. I don't know. One of us would come over to each other's houses for like a hockey game or something. And then I would be like, oh, to my friend, I'm like, dude, I gotta go. You know, I have whatever tomorrow. And my friend would be like, you leaving? I'll kill you. Or like I would tell him that. Don't leave, I'll kill you. It's crazy. That's that's shtick, you know. You gotta, you got yeah. Look to 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 really deliver shtick, you gotta get. Sometimes you gotta get to a point in your life where you, you really just go for broke. You don't care what the outcome is. You just want to say what you want to say because you feel like it could be genius. You become a bit of a gambler. You're tired of constriction. You're tired of being. I don't know. It's something. Some, something. Something makes shtick erupt. Yeah. I feel like shtick erupts at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, speaking of erupting, by the way, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. This is going to be good. No, I was going to say, let, let's talk about these people and, and uh, the bug eaters. These people, but hold on. Who are these people? Who are these people? I can literally <laughs> title the clip, Who Are These People? and, and put Seinfeld's uh, picture on it, you know? With when he's performing at his whatever you know what i think from now on <laughs> you let me do that why you let, let me do the descriptions on these on these videos no not the description i'm talking about the photo mad corny son mad corny why, why is that corny i'm just kidding I, I don't know why but i got to say that oh you understand you got to, it's better you got to say to be, that you got to be Brooklyn for a second with your Reebok yeah. pumps, didn't yeah. you? It's what I felt like doing, and it's better to say it than not to say it. That's good. That's what I say usually to people, and they it, some people it, think that's funny. It, it sounds like, like some sort of Talmudic comeback, you know, like one of the rabbis, like the last. Why it's did actually you, the, it's actually the rabbi the would be like, "Well, it's it's like Rabbi Shmuel says it's better to say it than not to say it." <laughs> Sometimes I remember this one time I was sitting, uh, I was sitting in in shul in a in a synagogue, right, and and there was a a group of people we were having a lesson and then and then there was a lady who decided to join the lesson and this lady was uh, a rich donor right and and I then see where this is going already yeah okay of you know of a, of a, of a, of a liberal uh persuasion Spent. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so she, all of a sudden she starts, you know, we're, we're talking, we're, you know, we're having a learning session. She doesn't really understand the etiquette. I don't yeah. think she would even care to understand that. Yeah. And then, and then she's like, uh, she goes, yeah, but then, 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 yeah, whatever. I don't want to get into the discussion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that I say immediately, I was like, oh, here we go. And everybody's like, Shh, you know, they're like, oh, you're crazy. I can't believe you, you know. And then, and then I say, I was like, I was like, what am I going to do? Not say it? Like, I can't help it. You understand? Yeah. All right. I think at some point, a comedian or a person who becomes a comedian has that kind of eruption. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I'll never, I can never reconcile this or I can never figure out why this happened. When I interviewed to, to go to my yeshiva i interviewed with one of the roshi yeshiva and when i was sitting in his office before i even became a bachar in the yeshiva i remember he was like look he was trying to book a flight or something and then he was asking me like what do you think is better what do you think i should do and, da, 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 da. and we had this literally like 15 minute 10 minutes stick back and forth about the airline company and this and that like we sticked back and forth I was like, this is so cool. This guy's so awesome. He's got like shtick, you know? Yeah. And then, and then what happens? I became a bacher in the yeshiva. And the guy never spoke to me again. You know when he spoke to me one other time? When? When it was Simchas Torah. I'm sorry. When it was Shavuos. And we're sitting, you know, in, in the Ezra's Nashim. We had a class at like two in the morning. So he was one of the speakers. And he was one of these people, he used to like ask, you know, a question, but then if you answer the question or you, or you throw your own two cents in, he like literally shuts you down in the most draconian way possible. Like you're an idiot. I can't believe you thought of this idea and it's stupid. That was the only time I remember like asking some, and then like, that was the only other time that he spoke to me ever. And I'm just and like, he, sh he, he shut you down in that way. Yeah, show me that. No, but that was the only other time that he, besides our initial interview before I came into Yeshiva, yeah, yeah, where we sticked back and forth, and I thought I was gonna be like best friends with this guy, and that they he, the guy, just like I don't know, it was because I because I didn't listen. My Yeshiva was like run by Yeshivish people, but it doesn't have a particular set of shkafa. But I I guess it's because I the my entire time in Yeshiva I had like a little bit longer hair. And I was wearing a t-shirt with jeans, but I had TT, you know, I don't know. I think he took preference to like guys who were like in black hat and all this kind of stuff. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I mean, that, that, I, I don't that's know. what they want. To, they want to produce that. That's what they want. I, to no, produce. but no, but, but my yeshiva didn't want to produce that necessarily. It, 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 it didn't. It, Dafka didn't actually. That's why they, the, these two rabbis who were uh, started the yeshiva, they left Aish for that very reason. But I guess you can take the guy out of Brooklyn, but you can't, you know what I'm saying? So like, I don't, it was just weird. I'm like, this me and this guy were like sticking. And since then, I haven't even seen stick from him in general. You know, not in when I've noticed him in personal interactions, like, you know, like in meals or something like that, or, 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 uh, I don't know. It led me to conclude that either this guy is just fake to most people and he was actually real with me because he saw, oh, here's a secular guy from the secular world. So I'm going to be like sticky with him. Like you, like we, what we said before in the beginning. You know, he took liberties, I guess. But after I became a bacher there, no, that was over.
you know, that sucks, it, dude. It, it, time to get serious. I was just like, this is what a, I really was crestfallen. I was like, I was like, this is, I'm like, is this guy fake? Or is there some sort of method here? Apparently I, I spoke to some people and they're like, yeah, that, that's the method. That's the, that's the Musser. That's, that's, that this is like, you know, that's how they roll. This is how, they, this, is how this rolls. I'm like, this is freaking terrible. This is not life. This is not, this is not Torah Haim. This is not life. This is not, this is not what I want. This is not what, I don't even think this is what Hashem is intending. We can't speak for that. We can't speak for that. I know, I know we can't speak for that, but like, I, it just feels like it, it's not to me. I guess it's because that's why I gravitate maybe towards more Hasidus and all that stuff, but I don't know, man. It was really like, it was a punch in the gut, I'll tell you that much. I got to tell you something, okay? Yeah. So I don't know if this applies to the, to, to the story that you told me, yeah. but there are, uh, I remember like when I was in Kfar Chabad, I was there when I, first, when I went, when I became 18 and I went to Israel for yeshiva, I started out in Kfar Chabad. That's where I, that's my original intent. I wanted to spend a year there. Um, it wasn't working out for me. I kept getting in trouble with Rabbi Gaffney. Yeah. And so he was, he, you know, I thought he was always mad at me, right? Because he kept like yelling at me and, and he never seemed to be happy with <laughs> anything that I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I started getting worried that I was going to get thrown out. Yeah. And then, but the reason I was worried was because I was, I was the, the first danger that I was really concerned with was the reaction of my parents yeah. because I, I put a lot, I staked a lot of, I just put a lot into that year in yeshiva, you know, like I, my parents didn't want me to do that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were advising me not to do it and I had to sell it really hard. Yeah. Same by me, yeah. you know? And when I, and, and I thought that I would, that I would, that I would get like the support that I needed, or at least, I thought that I wouldn't be threatened. Oh yeah, you know, with being thrown out. Yeah, you know, because because you would you would you would think that those rabbis realized well this guy changed his life to do this and he fought hard. Not even, no, it's oh. not even that you know just like just they, I mean th these are Balchuvi yeshivas yeah, for no. the folks at home. That's yeah. these are like programs that are created for people who came from secular backgrounds. Yeah, right. And so you'd think that they wouldn't be as strict as they would be in the, you know, in the regular yeshiva. Hmm. Um, no, see, strict is not the right word. They would be more um, familiar with, with what the, ch with the challenges yeah. that uh, a guy from a secular background would have, right? So I'm, right now I'm just giving you my perception at the time when I'm worried. This is when I was worried when I was 18 and I was worried that I was going to get thrown out, Okay. Yeah. So I, so I was thinking about what to do. And I was like, maybe I could transfer yeshivas. And shortly before this, this thinking process, I spent Purim in Mayanot. Yeah. And I thought the place was awesome. I liked the, I liked the environment. It was very different than Kfar Chabad. Like yeah. Mayanot yeah. seemed more like, it would seem that it would be more to tolerant of a person like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or and it was it's for a lot of guys who are FFB from from birth, you know. Kfar Chabad? 
I mean, depending on where you go, no, there was a lot of guys who came. No, no, they have, they had, they had the oh, regular oh, yeshiva, oh, Tomchei Tamimim, yeah. and then they had Hadar HaTorah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Hadar Torah. No, Hadar no. Torah is in Crown Heights. Crown Heights yeah. They had Or Tamimim. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the that's the uh, Baal Chuv yeshiva for people from secular backgrounds and whatnot. Okay, so you don't have to be from a secular background, but you know sometimes you got people from religious backgrounds who never who just never you know they never found their place in the community and there was kind of getting thrown out of uh whatever you know what i mean so yeah. so they they would end up going to places like that too which yeah. is fine okay anyway uh so after a lot of deliberation after a lot of uh fear about getting thrown out he never actually said you know you're gonna get thrown out it's just like yeah. the posturing seemed yeah. like it, it's inevitable like i need to you know, but what, so, what was the really like? What, what was what, what do you have a problem with? What were you doing that was like so? Uh, I don't really know. I, it was probably mostly the way I was dressing, mm-hmm. or the fact that he, he caught me twice, mm-hmm. not in yeshiva. Meaning, there's one time that he called me. I was trying to I was trying to hitch a ride to the next town because mm-hmm. I needed to go to the bank, mm-hmm. and I was you know I was wearing a t-shirt and jeans like I usually do, mm-hmm. right? And you know. Obviously, I can't. I can only imagine what it looked like to him. It looked yeah. like I was probably headed to Tel Aviv to go, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, to go do God knows what. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other time he caught me uh, hitching a ride, I was, I was trying to go to the next town because I wanted to buy a guitar. Hmm. So there are a couple of incidents like that where I was just caught in a, I guess you know, easy to misunderstand. Like I, I explained it, I didn't understand why the reaction was so strong i really didn't understand you know yeah. it made me wonder i'm like what the hell am i doing that's so bad yeah. is it the way i'm dr-? whatever i couldn't figure it out exactly it doesn't matter yeah. okay so there are like three or four things that happened like that yeah. okay so so basically i got um i got worried that he was going to kick me out and i was like holy shit what am i going to do my parents are going to kill me maybe mm-hmm. i'm i was thinking i was like you know what i might as well just stay here and join the army i can't go i can't go home yeah. if i get thrown out <laughs> No, I really couldn't. Like I, yeah. I could. I, I, I was. That's like my uncle when I when I told my whole family that I'm making aliyah. My uncle, everybody argued with me against it, whatever. And then my uncle just blurts out like, "Я только согласен в одном случае, если ты пойдешь в армию." He's like, "I'm only." He's like, "I only support you in one case if you go to army." I'm like, "I'm too old." He's like, "You're never too old to go to army." <laughs> Anyway. Okay, so that's that's a little bit different. You were you were an adult. I was. Yeah. I mean, I was technically an adult, but I was eighteen. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was. I. I don't think I was an adult at eighteen. I, I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. I like to think that I was, but I definitely wasn't. So basically, I was thinking. I didn't know what to do. I'm, I join the merchant marines. Join, you know, join a caravan of gypsies. Uh, join the. I didn't know where to go. What to do? I have no marketable skills. I still don't. Okay, and. Uh, so I was I was a little bit worried, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. And um, because my parents were always pissed at me anyway. Yeah. So uh I decided to I spoke to a few of the rabbis in, in the yeshiva, and I also then I co- made contact with uh the rabbis at my note. They they were cool with me coming over. Yeah. Um and one of the rabbis in or Tamimim, Rabbi yeah. Gaffney's Yeshiva. Uh, he was really pissed at me for for thinking for for thinking about leaving, right? Uh, 
whatever, that's like a whole side story. There's no point to get into that. But mm-hmm. Rabbi Gaffney, when I spoke to him, when I told him, I was like, Rabbi Gaffney, I think I'm going to go to um, uh, to Mayanot because, you know, I feel I'm getting in trouble with you here a lot. I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't want to interfere with, the, you know, with the harmony of your, you know, with your vibe. I didn't say this to him, but essentially what I'm saying is you got you have a certain vibe here. I think maybe I'm disturbing that somehow in a way that I don't realize, but I wouldn't want to do that anyway. You know what I mean? Like I'm, if you're trying to, you're trying to create something here and I'm not, I'm kind of like clashing with that, then maybe it's not a right fit for me. You know, I was basically, I guess I was trying to be nice. I, I don't know. I didn't want him to feel too bad or whatever, yeah. because I know that he's, because yeah. I got to tell you something. He could have literally thrown me out. And I still would have loved him and respected him as 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 a as like a very genuine person. Because yeah. I know that whatever he's doing, whether it makes sense to me or not, it's for the best in his mind. He's doing it because he's not doing it because he's an arrogant prick. He's yeah. not doing it because yeah. of his own ego or something or something like that. He's doing it really because he thinks that that is the, that is what God would want. Yeah. Because I've had I've, I've had experiences with other people who who didn't like me and wanted to get rid of me because they were arrogant pricks and their ego couldn't stand the fact that I didn't submit to them immediately. Yeah. So I, I can tell that I've had various ex- experiences. I know the difference. So even if he had thrown me out, even if Rabbi Gaffney had thrown me out, mm-hmm. I would have never ha- had a negative feeling towards him yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in that conversation, I was talking to him. He goes, no, no, I don't, you know, you don't, I don't, I, you know, don't leave. He yeah. said that. He goes, you don't have to leave. That you're not, that you're not in danger of, uh, yeah. you're not in danger of leaving, uh, of getting thrown out. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he said, I, he goes, I was just applying pressure to you. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, I, I thought that you, you know, if I would do this, then you would all of a sudden you'd kind of, you know, the result would be you become like somebody like your brother. Because my brother had gone. Your to brother that. went there, and he knew your brother. He was there. He was in uh, Shiva the, the two years before that, right? You, so, you, got, you got to love that when when the brother sets the standards, and the younger brother's got to meet meet the. Oh man, that's terrible. The thing the thing is like this: if he would have, he didn't go about it right. He could have succeeded. You know what? He he could have said like this. He goes, "Look, listen, I'm you know I'm I'm driving around. I'm I'm on my way home from Yeshiva. I see you standing there. You know I don't." I don't feel good about what's happening to you here. You know what I mean? Like, he goes, I feel like you could do much better. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, 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 look what your brother, look, look how good he did. You know, why can't you be like that? This is what I want to see from you. You know, if he would have just come out and said it, but he decided to, to use like, you know, tactics, you know, say like, you know, some kind of like psychological technique. This is what our parents did to us and that never clearly worked. So like, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It didn't work on me. Very but I know Russian, it's a very Russian method. Even though Rabbi Gaffney is from Australia, he's yeah, like, it's, 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 he's, it's, he's from he's from like an old money intellectual Australian family, not Jewish. Yeah. Oh, okay. For, for the folks at home, Rabbi Gaffney was a convert. Really? Where do you get the last name Gaffney from? Uh, I don't know. Is his father okay. Jewish mother wasn't? No, 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 no. Either either that was his name or. Um, or he changed it, or I don't know, but he, he was a convert from, you know, what he came from a white Anglo-Saxon family from Australia who were well-to-do and intellectual and academic and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. He, he, he first made contact with Judaism um, when he began to date and he became engaged to a Jewish girl 
yeah. whose family was affiliated with uh, quote unquote the conservative uh, Jewish uh, religious um, faction. Yeah. It's not a faction, whatever. It's a um, what do they call it? Um, why can't why can't I? Sect. A what? Sect? I don't know. A sect? Whatever. Conservative Judaism, folks. You know, oh, congregation. Oh my god. Congregation. I'm sorry. Hmm. And right. So and they're they're neither conservative nor whatever. We're, we're not going to get into criticizing yeah. conservative Judaism. We did that. You can look it up. Yeah. There's a whole video dedicated to it. Yeah. But um. But so so she said that he had to convert before they would get married. Hmm. So he agreed to it. And then. You know, being a very studious person from a very studious family, mm -hmm. he, 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 he's not going to just go into something without learning about it, learning everything he can about it. So yeah. he began learning yeah. and then he, 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 that's how he made contact with it. And he was yeah. so enamored with the teachings that he broke up with the girl. Why? Because just the fact that she would marry a non-Jew yeah. is... A character flaw that he just can't he couldn't tolerate <laughs> uh, do you understand what i'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. dude it's you know what this sounds like right the, the black white supremacists they asked mr big i didn't want you to go there i didn't want you to go why there. did you it's, <laughs> it's not like that at all it's not like <laughs> it's, not, it's really not no it was, um, it, it was it's kind of like I'm, I'm telling the story a little bit in a sticky way no, no i get it essentially he's saying like he got so serious about the jewish <laughs> like practices right that he was began to worry that she wouldn't go along with it because yeah. he wanted to, to live like a you know like a fully observant Jew and he was concerned yeah. that she wouldn't want to. So yeah. for that reason, uh, they ended up not getting married. Mm. Okay, and he became one of the greatest scholar scholars in in the Jewish world, mm. and he still is to this day. Can I read to you really quickly? And this is an excerpt actually of a Mishpacha magazine interview. Right, that was conducted of your brother right before COVID. I mean, it was published March 18, 2020, but I guess the interview was conducted right before COVID, right before this whole COVID thing. I think I have that issue. It's like a gray cover or something. Yeah, it's called, it's called, no, well, the interview is called What the Doctor Ordered. So this is just an excerpt of it about here. In January 1996, the Northeastern US was blanketed by a huge blizzard. I remember that blizzard. My, this was my sister, whatever. That's the, my, my, my father had a heart attack that day. So, so, yeah, I called home to say hello. My father answered. This is this is your brother speaking. Yeah. He'd just been shoveling snow and he didn't seem right. I came in because I was starting to feel sick, he said. My chest hurts and I'm having trouble breathing. You could be having a heart attack, I shouted on the phone. Hung up, hang up and call 911. I, call, I called back a few minutes later. He was waiting for the ambulance, but he was feeling worse and increasingly frightened. Say Israel with me, I told him, and walked him through the prayer word by word. I think it was the first time he ever prayed. Yeah, that was the first time he said it. Yeah. And uh, the ambulance arrived not a minute too soon. My father's heart stopped as soon as he was being wheeled into the emergency room. Clinic, he's, clinically speaking, he died. But since he was already in the ER, the doctors were able to shock his heart and administer medications, and he, rec and he recovered. For me, it was the first time I felt the profound sense that Hashem had listened to my prayers. I started going to shul every day and became Shomer Mitzvahs. I spent that summer back in Israel learning in Or Sameach and came back for the next year of med school. Then I took a year off to study at Yeshiva Or Tamimim in Kfar Chabad. Many of the shurim were given by Rabbi Shnur Zalman Gafni, who became my mentor. When I threw out the idea that I maybe that maybe I should drop medical school and become a rabbi, he advised me, Zev, you can also serve as Shem as a doctor. Parentheses. Years later, that advice would save his, save his life. 
At one point, I called to ask how he was doing, and he told me he'd recently had a stroke. When I asked about his care, I wasn't satisfied with the follow-up and insisted he go for more tests. Test. It turned out that the stroke was a result of a major blockage in the artery running from the heart to the brain. I was able to bring him to a top cardiologist in the U.S. for life-saving surgery, and he recuperated in my home for a month afterward. While I was growing up as a Russian immigrant in the U.S., I always, I always felt self-conscious and ashamed of my origins. But my stay in Kfar Chabad changed that. For one thing, I became close to Rabbi, Rabbi Dovin and Haya Hein, uh, sorry, Hein, Russians who'd come to Eretz Israel after World War II and who were among the founders of Kfar Chabad. They told me many stories about Jews who performed heroic acts of Mesir Snefesh to remain Torah observant on the Soviet rule, and it inspired a new pride in my heritage. I graduated from med school in 2000 and moved to Crown Heights, where I trained as a mo wow, I didn't know that, mo mohel, while learning Torah and looking for a wife in a residency. I found a residency in family medicine in South Nassau Communities Hospital, and I also found Sima Khanna, my wife. Ask anyone who's gone through med school, and they probably tell you the same thing. Residency was like being thrown into what knows, it goes on and on. So I just want to hear that part of where Kwar Chabad and uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Gaffney. He tells a story of how he got to Curacyol uh, and stuff. This is right for COVID. This article is right for COVID of your brother and this whole story. Can I say something about, uh, you mentioned uh, Reb Dovid yeah. and Chaya and his wife, Chaya, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was a very unique experience for me because while I was there, you know, I, I, I became close with them too. Yeah. And I would go, you know, um, they lived right next to the yeshiva. And I'd go, I'd go to them to, for some meals frequently, mm-hmm. Shabbos day. And it was an amazing thing. And here's why. Anybody listening, if you know, if you're from a secular Russian background, whether Jewish or non-Jewish, you know what our grandparents are like. Yeah. You know what they sound like. You know the kind of things that they say. Um, there's mannerisms. There's things that are familiar about these people. Okay. When I, when I first became like, I guess, observant, you know, you talk to rabbis, American guys who are like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm Russian too. I'm like, you're not. You're yeah, not. exactly. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. relax. Yeah. He goes, yeah. But my oh, grandfather, I was like, I, I, can't I, was like, I don't you know how many times I heard that. Ugh. I was like, I, I don't know about your grandfather. I don't know him. You know, uh, your father, you're saying whatever, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if, 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 if it's judging by you, I'm, he's probably not Russian either, you know, cause yeah. there's a, they're yeah. trying to like, yeah. They're trying to like relate. It's trying to relate or trying to. They're, they're trying to go past. Uh huh. Yeah, like you know, Lubavitchers, right? Are are you know? I I love Lubavitchers. I consider myself one, but they're notorious for this. Yeah. Right. They're not guys. You are not Russians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. The Rebbe was a Russian. Yes. He was an old Russian guy. Okay. He's he's from there. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 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 that's that's different. Yeah. Okay. But I had never met any religious especially Hasidic Jews that were actually from Russia. Yeah. Yep. So, so Reb Dovid and Tutya Chaya, Tutya is how we say miss, Mrs. Yeah. Or, or like uh, somebody who's just aunt. Yeah. Tutya is aunt and it also, it's, it's used both ways and yeah. Mrs. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Mrs. Yeah. You know, in Russian, they don't say. There's no, there is no Mr. and Mrs. in Russian. No, the, the, there is. There is. I mean, yeah, but it's like that's like old, old way of speaking. You know, nobody says Gaspadin, whatever. It, it's not a direct translation, but the usage is the same. So basically, yeah. uh, you know, if you say like, let's say Mrs. Anderson, right, in America, yeah. 
Yeah. In Russia, they don't they don't use they don't say that with the last name. They say it like with the first name. So if her name yeah. was if her name was Anna or Barbara, yeah. Yeah. in Russian it would be Mrs. Barbara. Yeah. So Tiotia Tiotia Dusia. Yeah. Dusia. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dusia, Dusia is my favorite Russian. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody named Dusia, but it's Me neither. there are Dusias out there, and that's funny. They they exist, yes. They do exist. Okay. Anyway, so this this couple, you know, they were in their late 70s when I was there. Um, these are the first, like, absolutely legit, absolutely recognizable Russian grandparents. Yeah. Just like my grandparents, except yeah. these people were Hasidim. Yep. That that is that sh- that shook my whole. It's incredible. I could not. I was like, I was like, I was like, this is real. Yeah. I was like, yes, because when you look at pictures of your of of when I look at pictures of my grandparents, right, you see secular people. Yeah. When I look at pictures of their parents, my great grandparents, you see still could be confused for secular, yeah. even though they were in a time they at that point they were still basically doing most of the holidays yeah. and they had a familiarity with how to pray and they they yeah. knew Jewish terms, but they yeah. they were kind of on their way out. Yep. If you get a chance to look at pictures of their parents, yeah. then you know it's 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 you know it's it looks like the three wise men. Yep. You know, and the, it looks like the, the, the Taliban fiddler, fiddler on the roof. Fiddler on the roof, the Taliban. You know what I mean? Actually, actually, you know that you know where I got that three wise men. No. Crack from my least favorite comedian, Nick yeah. DiPaolo. Uh-huh. Where he was, he was he, when he was living in Queens. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes, all these, all these Muslims are moving in everywhere. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. and I look out my window, I see the three wise men. <laughs> <laughs> like Osama and uh, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like guys wearing like sheets, you know, with turbans, yeah. you know, like three wise men, whatever. So just, it's, it's not about the religion. It's about a look yeah. anyway. So, so that's what, so, th- so that's what, it, you know, th- that's what it looks like, but it's so shocking yeah. to see to see that because like you hear rumors about it yeah but yeah. you don't you don't ever experience it so that was saw, the first time, I experienced a, time it. a time capsule in the flesh basically it's like going back in time yeah and and listen they had the same shtick as my grandparents of course they did they knew all the they knew all the russian shit yeah you know all the mannerisms all the jokes everything they were like they were like i was like holy shit the, 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 they're russian you they're, almost feel weird con- participating in around them in that because you see that they're religious i don't know i would i i would at first no but that you know i'm glad that i met them for a lot of reasons one of the reasons is that what you realize that holy crap like because you hear stories from americans yeah. about about the heroic you know hero stories about the the older generations yeah. and the type of you know kept shabbos got fired from the jobs the- yeah no i mean you know they, they they're you know they're religious they're the power of their faith yeah. You know, and and you know their great uh, scholarship, right? And their devotion to prayer and all these like hero stories, yeah. right? Which are all true, but what doesn't get told is the fact that they all had shtick. Yeah, they were all human beings. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like what? Like I I, I hope that he he won't be like angry at me, but but Reb Dovid, he's a guy who liked women. <laughs> <laughs> that's not okay anymore apparently yeah you know to to be able to appreciate a woman or at least to like express that yeah Yeah. you know you know he he was he was just sitting there and then like his wife walked by he goes (laughs) you know he would say something like 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I did good with that. Right. He's like, wicked. I'm like, I'm like, yep, yep, yeah. You, <laughs> you know I didn't miss like, the mark. That's what I mean. Yeah. I didn't, right. You know what I mean? He, uh, he was commenting on that he, he that he that he felt his wife was beautiful. He didn't embarrass her and say that in front of her, yeah. but he just the guy was a normal guy who had shtick. He was not vulgar. I didn't want I don't want to give that impression at all. Of course not. Yeah. But he was a he was a human being, and Hasidim are heroes, yeah. whether rabbis or not. They were human beings. Yeah. That's the part that gets left out. Yep. That's yep. why our community is so messed up. Yeah. Because we have a childish view of what these people were like. Yeah. And again, I got to reiterate, we everything, think everybody, that, yeah. everything that was said about them is true, but yeah. it's what was unsaid about them, which is where we're missing out. We think uh, we, 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 we've, we've turned them all into, for some reason, Santa Claus. I, I don't know how Jews can turn all their rabbis. You know, you, you see, you read these books, all for the boss and all this kind of stuff. Read the books about these rabbis. It's just turn him into you know what I mean? like they turn him into Santa Claus. The part that matters to me is how much he was wisecracking. Yeah. The other stuff that goes without saying. Yeah. But you know, did he have a sense of humor? You know, how did he react? You know, did he have a you know? How was his rap when he was talking to people? You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what you you want to see somebody operate. I want to know how they operate it. Yeah. I don't want to know their crowning achievements. Yeah. I do want to know that, but I want to know the the glue. Yeah. Between all those moments, you know what I mean? Like that's what really matters to me. That's what that's what we're here for, really, because ultimately and, and you're never gonna hear the truth about them. Never. You know well, why? Because most people don't know. They don't know. They or they 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 weren't shown. The rabbis maybe didn't show it to most people. Um maybe it goes back to that whole thing of like this this Rav in the in my yeshiva who was sticky with me, you know, in the in in the interview, I guess. But then when he thought I was just some secular guy who may or may not come to his yeshiva, maybe he, he maybe he didn't think I was gonna go, you know. And 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 then after I became bachur, he's, he's like, "Oh, I can't show him any more stick." <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just you it's just. I, I have I, as you were saying that and thinking about what I was saying before. I I, I think I I'm able to express it. Everybody is playing a role yeah. for the guy next to him for his, for the for the sake of the guy next to him do you understand what i'm saying supposedly allegedly yeah so no no i i actually believe 100% that that's true so the person let's say you got two religious guys uh orthodox jewish guys right yeah so they're compelled to behave in a way that is not entirely reflective of how they actually feel when the thoughts that they have in their mind. Of course. You understand? Why? Because they don't want to set a bad example yeah. for their fellow. Yeah. So everybody's doing that to each other. Yep. Which means <laughs> if everybody's doing that, right, that means no one is actually like, you know, no, one, no, no one's actually real. They're genuine in the fact that they want to affect their peers in a good way yeah but you never get to know who actually feels the way that you're pretending to feel Dude, it's a, it's it's a, it's almost like i don't know it's like a weird it's not a it's not a cult it's like a weird um you know like i i i once took the seminar called possible you and it's not a cult. Uh, 
Can I interrupt you? Can I rudely interrupt you? Okay. No, no. I'm saying I, I want to give you an example of what what I mean. I know. I'd like to rudely interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> if you. you if you allow me to, I, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to lose my. Tr- Good. I just Go think ahead. it's important to say what I want to. I, I... F your important thing to say. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to say quickly that, ladies and uh, gentlemen, this all began when I when I video when I audioed our first conversation. <laughs> I'm starting to regret that. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah I, I deserve that. But I just wanted to say, you know, what we are, we're not a cult. You know what we are? It just occurred to me. We're we're a family. Remember Charlie Murphy was talking about how his mother would beat the hell out of him or if he throw, allowed Eddie to get beat like up. A boomerang. Yeah, he was scared. He, like Charlie Murphy, he's like, I learned that I could fight dudes that I didn't think I could fight because I was more scared of my mom. Because if Eddie, his younger brother, would have gotten beaten up by one of these guys, then he would have gotten beaten up by his parents. So he was scared of that. So he was more motivated. The point is that he was concerned about his brother because of his parents. Also, no, because of himself, but he had extra motivation because he was worried about what would happen if something negative happened to his little brother and he didn't do anything about it or he didn't try his best to do something about it. Yeah. So, so, the, so religious Jews are like a family. It, it, it's the same system where, where maybe I, basically they're thinking like this, if this is the case, I know that I've been through this too. Maybe I'm bad, right? But I'm not going to lead him in the bad direction. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to act like I want to keep him safe and I wouldn't want to expose him to any, any, uh, you know, any things that, that God wouldn't want him to be exposed to. Okay. The problem is everybody's doing that to each other. What you're saying is that everybody is the Fonz and everybody else is like Cunningham. No, no, the no, Fonz no. used to be like, do, do weird stuff. And then he used to like keep Cunningham out of trouble. No, the, the, I guess I guess so, but <clears throat> the Fonz will confuse things because he was also morally yeah. like correct a lot too. He was, yeah. A, he was. But I'm saying I mean? he used to like tell Cunningham, don't don't get involved in what I get involved in kind of stuff. He y- of. you know, here's a better example. Remember we'll I told women. You, remember I told you about the, the the mafia underboss that that took care of my section of the neighborhood where I grew yeah. up? Yeah. Right? His name was starts with a D. I'll leave it at that. Yes. So uh, I, you know, when I was like eight or nine years old, I was coming back. I was like a block away from my house and I was coming back from the park. I think I was on my rollerblades or my bike. I can't remember. And I saw him coming out and I already known him for years, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, he goes, Hey, Frankie, he was coming out of a, out of this, like kind of smaller building, like, mm-hmm. like walk up, walk up. Mm-hmm. And he was like shaking his head. He lit a cigarette and he's like, listen, never put your dick in crazy. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a Cologelo and that uh, what's his name? Pelman that's Terry. exactly that's exactly when I saw a Bronx yeah. tail. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, this is exa- dude. <laughs> this do you know how real. many Bronx tales there are? It's real, folks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Folks. And, it, and the kid doesn't even have to be Italian, dude, which leads me to my next. My question, our friend Zev asked me in, the, in WhatsApp, ask Frank how he is a Russian Jew ended up sounding like Tony Soprano. And then I responded, well, Frank was born in America and he grew up in Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, I probably would have sounded different had I grown up in like Brighton or like 
you know, yeah. deep Sheepshead Bay. Probably. But I, 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 grew, I grew up basically in Bensonhurst. Yeah. I mean, they call it Flatbush, but it's the point where, yeah. where Bensonhurst and Flatbush and Sheepshead Bay meet. It's like a little junction area. Yeah. Avenue and Coney Island Avenue. Yeah. And it's mostly, it was, it was mostly Italians and American Jews and, yeah. and, and Irish people yeah. and Puerto Ricans. Yeah. So that's, that's what I sound. I mean, that's what I, I don't know if I sound like that anymore, to be honest with you. You sound like, uh, remember the character from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, Epstein, the, the, the Puerto Rican Jew? I don't sound, I don't sound like Epstein. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't no, know. that's Rorschach. I, Mr. Cotter. No, no, no. That's Epstein Rorschach. Had, Epstein had like a, who is Epstein? Epstein was sound. the guy with the afro. He was a Puerto Rican Jew. I know, but he, he, he was high-pitched. Uh, I'm not, was, I don't yeah. have exactly a high-pitched. I'm not gonna try to say that I sounded like you a, don't sound like hey Mr. Barbarino. Like, Barbarino. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not saying I'm I sound like Vinny Barbarino. Yeah. The best dude, by the way, the best impression of that is uh was Dice Man. Oh of, yeah, like he did a whole skit. Yeah. He did a whole skit well, of we're like, not gonna uh, turn it on because of the uh nibble pay, a lot of it. Because of the what? The, like like the crazy cursing from Dice Man. No, no, I'm not gonna say it, but he, he did the skit. This is before he went nuts and he still did like material. Yeah. Like, you know, he yeah. he was actually people don't know. He was like, like actually pretty brilliant comedian, you know, before he, he was a brilliant. Yeah. So he did this whole skit where he had uh, he had John Travolta. He <laughs> had uh, what was it? Uh, Sylvester Stallone yeah. and a couple other characters. And they're all in the same classroom. It wasn't Mr. Cotter, but it was like it was a similar setup. But you had all these. But is, there, of like, is there cursing in this? If there's not, I'll play it. It's like a two minute clip. Uh, I better not. Better not. Because oh. we messed up with Mooney. That was so Fine. dirty. Bro. Fine. That was all. So so basically, even though I just told that story about the, you know, the mob. Ball. Anyway, but, but basically, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I got to get to I got to get back to that point. But basically, he was saying how he was making fun. of He was doing impressions of them as as high school kids. Yeah. Giving their teacher a hard time, so he's like, he's doing, he's doing a uh, John Travolta. He goes, he goes, oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna die, oh my god, look at it, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like Sylvester Stallone. He goes, hey, Mister Teacher, I gotta go do this. He made him sound like Yogi somehow, <laughs> dude. If anything, you probably sound like Mister Cotter, Cotter, like Mister. I I probably sound a little Mr. bit Cotter more himself. Like, yeah, like Mister Cotter, right? Like let's, let's do it for the folks. I'd like to think. Th- I'd like to think I sound a little, a little bit more toned down. But like here, this is this is Mr. Cotter. Uh, how he talks here. This is him talking to Barbarino. What well, uh, Travolta struts his stuff. <laughs> oh, this is when Travolta dances. Like whatever, this is a stupid. Hey, whatever Cotter. dance. Yeah. By the way, I never watched Mr. Cotter. That was before my time. So they had reruns of it, like on, on one of these. I know, but but they, but then they had another show, yeah. which was coming up, which was kind of like yeah. something they were trying to copy, sort of, uh, Mr. Cotter. Yeah. It was called Head of the Class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's here, let me, let me let me play this whole thing right here. That's it. That's the only. That's his only line in that scene. Actually, I wanted to hear. Oh, here, Juan. And, this is Juan. Juan Epstein impersonates Cotter. Yeah. Actually, why don't you let the folks at home hear Juan Epstein? Here. Yeah. Yeah. No. This is the, here. There you go. No. No. Not in per- like his own voice. Like. Oh, here. Own- here. 
Yeah, he was kind of high pitched. Yeah. Uh, here, Puerto Rican Jews. Yeah. Juan Luis Pedro Felipe de Huevos Epstein. De Huevos. From San Juan. Your father's Puerto Rican. No, my father. What the hell? My father's name is what the I can't hell? hear. I, I can't hear. Like my, 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 my father's Puerto Rican. My mother's name is Biberman. Oh, hold on. Tell you what I'm going to do. You lay a little of your bread on me, and I'll invest it for you in my phony note business. <laughs> season coming up. Midterms. I could offer a note with your signature. Gonzo, we go through the ceiling. I can see it. We can go national. Wait, wait. That's, Ep that's Epstein? Yes. Speaking like speaking the way he normally speaks? Yeah. I guess. No, I had a, I had a, like, I had a, I didn't. Maybe Remember, in the, maybe right, in the right. earlier seasons he was uh, whatever. But no, I, I don't know yeah. why I pictured like Jerry Lewis, like, <laughs> like <laughs> no, no, oh, not, not Jerry Lewis. Oh, you know that guy? Hey, yeah, that. That's the Rorschach guy. Rorschach, Rorschach. That guy spoke. Like, but listen to Cotter. No business when you care enough to forge the very best. <laughs> Yeah. Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> Dude, that made I actually, him take off. I, 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 I grew up with a kid named Vinny who was, he he did amazing impressions and he he did impressions like uh, like uh, Jim Carrey way better than Jim Carrey. Like you'd want to watch Vinny more than you would watch Jim Carrey. He was amazing. Amazing. A lot of characters from where I grew up. Yeah. But um. But yeah, so so just going back to what that mob guy said to me when I was a kid, right? He was trying to do something good. <laughs> That's you know he wanted to give me advice. He wanted to keep me safe. Okay, it's not exactly what I was describing before that, but. That's kind of that's kind of all right. Just the basic point is like this: nobody, you never know when someone is acting. Yeah. The way that they really are, or they're acting in a way that is because they're trying to benefit you, trying to set yeah. a good example. Yeah. Everybody. So you have a whole bunch of people just trying to set a good good example for each other. Yeah. Okay. And so it's again, I, I don't know if that's a hundred percent wrong. I'm not. I'm not fully criticizing it. I don't have like a completed, you know, uh, manifesto yeah. about this this behavior. I mean, I could see how in some ways. Uh, it could be good. You know, everybody is keeping themselves in line in order to set a good example for everybody else. If everybody's doing that, then everybody's kind of behaving okay, behaving good, right? Yeah. But what's going on inside is, I don't know how to, you know, that's, I don't know if that's, uh, got to do something else yeah. to change that. Yeah. Right. So, now, so now let's, let's talk about, uh, wait, wait, you wanted to say something. No, I wanted to just say that I did this seminar, Possible You, and um, the whole premise. Possible You. Wow, that's that's corny as hell. It is corny. But you know what? It's a, it's a great seminar. The, uh, Rabbi Yom Tov Glazer from Asia has been doing it for years. And one of the things he says is like, it's based on when you're kind of you're saying that, you know, all these guys are like, nobody's acting real. And everybody thinks the other guy, whatever it is. 
And he says, you know, you walk into a room and you think people are looking at you, but they're wondering if you're looking at them. He's like, he's like, guess what? Everybody's wondering. Everybody else is in that room is wondering who, that if somebody else is looking at them. So it's just a room <laughs> full of people wondering if everybody else is looking at them. You're looking at me, look at them. <laughs> he's like, yeah. guess what? Nobody gives a damn. <laughs> you know, he's like, guess what? If you just step forward and you and you just um, do your thing and be you, you know, let, let yourself shine. Oh, he calls it radiate, you know, and that's it. And then I'll, and then I'll let those guys open, open up as well. That's the idea at least. Yeah. If a that's person, that's if it. a person is, uh, look, if you're doing, if you're acting, <laughs> if you're presenting yourself, uh, based on how you are on the inside, right mm-hmm. i guess i guess that solves the issue like for instance i think it's like what we're trying to do here yeah we could probably do a little better but what we're trying to do here is we're trying to say that we're looking in the right direction yeah. um and we know we essentially know what's right and what direction to move into yeah but we're not going to pretend like we've gone there and done that exactly okay we're, we're not gonna uh pretend for anybody's sake for the benefit of anybody that uh you know we've reached or attained levels that we haven't attained okay just so that you you would have a good example to look at yeah probably a better example is to uh express who you actually are and what you actually think and feel but also express the fact that you're, you're trying to uh, you're looking. You're, you're moving towards the right direction. You know, you never, never misrepresent yourself. Yeah. That's probably a better example to set for people around you. Yeah. I think that might be what he was saying, right? Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, and that's what he was teaching us how to do, essentially. Because people, could, people could feel that. Of course. You know, just be, just be real. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, God bless Rabbi Baxt. There's few. See. Look, there are certain Torah truths, right, that that you'll read about, right. But if you're not familiar with all of the language and all the literature of the of those who transmitted our tradition, right, if you rely on on the rabbis to tell you what it says, right, they're gonna censor it to some yeah. extent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because they're scared about revealing some of the information because they're scared about what you're going to do with it. You're going to yeah, make your own choice. Misuse. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Rabbi Baxt, of blessed memory, Rabbi Joel David Baxt. Okay. Yeah. So we, we talked about it not that long ago, and I just made a clip discussing one of uh, the prayers or meditations that he taught. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Which is, to take your actual feelings mm-hmm. about God. Yeah. Everybody has some feeling about God. Yeah. Okay. The, the, some people are not aware of it or they're, they're not fully conscious of it, like atheists, because they want to pretend that God doesn't exist. So they so they're gonna bury feelings that are there. Yeah. But everybody has some feelings about God, right? Once you're aware of them, project those feelings. Yeah. And picture them projected onto the the foundation stone 
on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. The Dome of the Rock is is like covering it right now, yeah. but yeah. the, the yeah. actual bedrock yeah. of the mountain is exposed, and that's the and, you know there's a certain part of it that's exposed, and that's the foundation stone. Okay. So you're supposed to project these thoughts and feelings um, onto that, whether they are positive and full of love or whether they are the most vehement possible uh, bitter just anger and contempt. Whatever it is, as long as it's real and project it there. Okay? Now, there's a lot of reasons why what the purpose of this is but this is a prayer to god you know this is a this is a i interpret it as having a real relationship yeah. okay um i think i think the i think the primary thing is to just you know when dealing with god is just to is just to be real with him and not be scared of your own feelings he's not scared of your feelings you don't have to be scared of of of, yeah. of 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 not being happy with him. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, at least it's real. Yeah. So, um, there's not enough of that. That's that's probably one of the things that's seriously lacking. Um, it's the censoring in the in the religious Orthodox Jewish community. The main problem. Yeah. The, the, the foundational problem that causes all these other issues is the censoring of Torah, of all things. Yeah. yeah. Certain parts of the Torah, not the entire Torah. C censoring parts of the Torah, right? The parts yeah. that are, yeah. you know, the, the parts that are, that are uh, uncomfortable to talk about. The part, but the parts that are very real. <laughs> and probably, the you know, the most important... The Especially the woo stuff. Oh, you guys woo, woo. no woo. And what we just talked, we were just talking about. That's not that's not woo stuff. But yeah. you know, woo stuff is uh, you know is uh, angels, demons, earth spirits, yeah. uh, you know, souls, uh, you know, dimensions, all that kind of stuff. Like the Torah has like volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes. There's so much material yeah. on it, and it's all ignored. Yeah. Yep. There's one guy talking about it, literally one guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's really crazy. Well, there's two 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 guys. Uh, well, one of them passed away in the '80s. Uh, he's very famous, Rabbi Ari Kaplan. You know, mm -hmm. um, but and then you have uh, Bart Sadler. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all we got. <laughs> With that said, let's talk about. You know who Bart Sadok? Okay, I know this is annoying, but I have to say this, and 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 this is even more annoying because it's a Bill Burr routine. Mm -hmm. You know that idiot. So when he wasn't a complete idiot, or he didn't reveal himself fully, um, he had this thing. They were talking about candidates during the presidential election. He goes, "You know, what I'm gonna. You know, who you have to vote for. You got to vote for that guy who's gonna go up on TV and he's gonna just like." You see him like holding like a like a like a giant like book a printout of like state of like the secrets of the country. He goes, he goes, you know what they spent this money on, huh? Yeah, you know, you know, it's like <laughs> he goes, you know what they did with that money? Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to vote for the guy that's going to tell you that there's a there's a meteor heading straight for the earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who will tell you, the, you know, yeah. the, the the kind yeah. of guy who's ranting a little bit, but he's telling you all the secrets. He's spilling all the beans. Yeah. 
that's kind of like what Bart Sadok is. Yeah. So let's talk about these uh these heathens. These I didn't want to insult cockroaches. Yeah. Cockroaches. Remember, I oh, what were you saying that I, I was doing uh leaving you oh, yeah, yeah. once the messages yesterday as as Tony Montana? So, so, so I realized Tony Montana is a Jew, and you're like, you're channeling. The, you're doing the Abulafia technique of channeling. It's not exactly, but it, there's a lot of overlap. Let, let yeah. me explain for the folks at home. Okay. Yeah. So I noticed, and it, it hit me, it's really funny, but it's true, that when Greg does the impression of Tony Montana, uh-huh. all this wisdom starts pouring out that I never hear from him when he's just doing Greg. Really? <laughs> I, mean, I was I've like, said, why can't I've said, I've said those things. No, listen, I'm telling you that there are certain things that I've only heard from you. As Tony Montana? As Tony Montana. So, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So give me an example. I can't. It's, 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 I can, have, I play, can I play it for the folks at home? I have, I have the messages from yesterday. There's a lot of them. Which one are you going to play? I don't remember which one it was. I'll just play a few of those up here. Oh, hold on. I have okay. to find it. This is because what it started out because I said something to you and then you just wrote instead of saying yes you wrote C. Yeah, you wrote C in Spanish. So I so I said uh, here C and then I go and then I go here. This is what I said. You've got to change it up a little, pussycat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All the time you say yes, that's yes, great, yes. Folks. All the time you gotta just gotta say C. You know. We're in Miami, man. This is like Cuba, small Cuba, you know? Just got to say C. Also the yes, man. The previous cabron. Uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, this is like my car something. No, I'll do it, I'll do it here. Uh, Looks like some kind of big panga went through the glass. Okay, that, that's it. <laughs> what happens when if I start talking like this all the time? Man? Hey. Maybe women will like me more. I sound like I'm 20 years older when I talk like this, you know? I sound like I actually have money and stuff like that. Or do you give the impression? You know what I'm saying, man? We would like when you give all, even the impression, even when you don't have nothing, man. They're in the fantasy land. You know what I'm saying? They live in a fucking fantasy world. Fantasy land, all you got to do, create the fantasy and lead them into it, man. Stop it. Stop Just it right there. Into the fantasy. You know what I'm saying, uh, man? Wait, I played the next one because it's related. Hold on. One more. Right. 18 seconds on. Next thing I know, they wonder how they got there. You know how you got there? It was mesmerized, okay? I mesmerized you, like the stupid Pfizer mesmerized the whole world, man. Except this is actually good. It's mainly to, you know, procreation and stuff like that. And then I got into how, like, Tony Montana's a Marano. Yeah, that's already, you know, after I after yeah. I had told you yeah. what I think. Yeah. You know, about the Abu Lafian thing. So for the folks yeah. at home, yeah. so that's that's not the best example yeah. of like when i hear wisdom but they're but come on some of the fellas that yeah. heard that they're, they're shaking their head like yep yep that's right you know what i mean and i never and i never hear stuff put that way right or as bluntly expressed and as correctly expressed as when you are pretending to be scarface okay so oh, yeah. so for the folks at home <laughs> here's the technique this isn't i actually learned this from uh Bartzabuk. Mm-hmm. He was saying that Ablavia had one of these techniques to interact or to begin the process of interacting 
with the higher realms. There's several ways to interact with the higher realms. Um, you can speak to angels, okay? You can speak to other souls, right? But you could also speak to the higher aspect of your own soul. And we've spoken about that a few times. It's called the Magid, okay? So the higher aspect of your soul. So, the, so you have five aspects to your soul. You have the Nefesh, that represents your current consciousness, the one that you're experiencing here in this world. Then in heaven, you have a special soul, which is you. It's there right now, okay? And it's called the Ruach, okay? And it, and it represents, um, it's described as emotional. Yeah. That's, it's, there's a lot of reasons why. It's not, this is not simple, okay? It's just the title given to it. But you, to understand why it's called that is very complicated, okay? But the Ruach is... Generally, it's a it's a word in Hebrew which means spirit or wind. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it but it has more to do with the emotions, with your emotional attributes. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's your that's you. That's the part of you that is consciously uh, functioning in what we call heaven. Okay, you can make contact with that part of your own soul. People, most people walking around on Earth, do not have access conscious access to that okay when you there are ways to make conscious access with that part of your soul mm -hmm. and when 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 you make when you do that and you interact with it it can feel like you're interacting with a separate being mm -hmm. but it's actually not it's you mm -hmm. okay so one of the ways in which to begin the process of doing that is that you have to create a vessel for that part of your soul to inhabit I think this technique could also be used with angels and stuff like that too, okay? But I heard it specifically in this context, this technique. Mm -hmm. So the way that you start is, you know, I'm sure everybody has experienced daydreaming where you're having a, like a, a mock conversation mm -hmm. with someone that you, want, that you wanted to. Either you're talking to like some old wise Chinese Kung Fu master who's going to teach you the ways, you know, and turn you into the ninja you always wanted to be, right? In my case, it's usually arguments with people that you didn't get to say, things you didn't get to right, say. Right, right. Sometimes, right. But it's, I'm not talking about those so much. Yeah. Those are not a good vessel. Yeah, it's true. I'm talking about times when, when you're talking to somebody that either you want to impress yeah. or that you respect and always wanted to have a conversation with and you think that it would be amazing to talk to them, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like you, all of a sudden you're friends with James Bond or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Are you like you have these conversations? It's weird, but people do this. I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah. So any so whoever it is that you're comfortable with, right? If you, you want to talk to Dumbledore, Gesundheit. Hey. You want to talk to uh Monica Belushi, me too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 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 Monica Belushi or Dumbledore or um or Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> yes, right, or Eric Eric. Uh, it's so PG. sad what happened. It's so sad what happened to Michael Dudikoff. I don't know what happened. He was supposed we'll to be the next Van Dam, but it's terrible. And then, and then what happened? Van Dam. Anyway, so exactly. <laughs> right. So, so basically, um, you know, you could be uh, Keith David from Men at Work and from yeah. Uh, yeah. from uh, they they live. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've literally had that. I've had conversations yeah. with Keith David for some reason. That's funny. I like the guy. I wanted. I've had conversations with Louis Gossett Jr. 
that guy is felt like, felt like an old wise guy who did he, not did, a he just, wise guy. did he just yell at you all the time? No, he didn't yell at me, but he 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 gave me poignant mm-hmm. advice. You know, he 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 had wisdom. What about what about Morgan Freeman? Did you have conversations never, with him? Never, never, never. Okay. I've had I've had conversations with Edward James almost. Oh. Because when he was the captain in Miami Vice. Oh. He seems like a guy that I want to sit to sit with. Mm. And I feel like I like I want to consult with him. I like I when he saved when he saved that was it the Russian chick or something with her son or something like that? That's right. His because yeah. because we, we learned all this stuff about him yeah. that essentially you thought he was just kind of like a calm, collected, kind of badass dude yeah. who who you know he there's a certain edge, there's a certain danger you felt like you, yeah. there's a couple of times when when uh, Don Johnson came up to him. And he was like, he said something not very nice. And he yeah. and then he said, don't ever come up, you know, don't ever talk to me like that again. Yeah. Don't ever come up. And, you know, you wonder because he didn't seem like a very physical guy. You wonder, like, like what is he going to do? And you start to yeah. wonder, who is this guy? Yeah. Okay. And then we find out that a friend of his asked him to save his Russian wife and child yeah. because the friend was, uh, he was dying. Yeah. And the friend, and then you learn that they were, both some kind of super spies who were trained in every possible you know death art imaginable and you know they were basically like you know samurai ninja freaking everything assassins essentially like you you start to understand who he was and in that in that episode you see him like you know you see him doing the ninja walk with a freaking katana you don't see it's not overt it's just there's like a camera pointing down a hallway in a house the door is open all the way at the end of the hallway you see just a moment Mm -hmm. of edward james almost doing like a catwalk holding a a katana and you're like oh that's who he is and he he didn't have to do any more your mind filled in everything else that was necessary okay so so because of that i wanted to you know Mm -hmm. so edward james almost could be a good vessel for that okay so Anybody that you feel that way about can do can can become that. Yeah. I was by the way, I was kidding about Monica Belushi. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to be aroused talking to my higher self. Yeah. Okay, that's not. That's probably not the way to go. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but anyway, I think you get the point. Yeah. So I think that somehow Tony Montana, right? Like when you you kind of embrace that that persona, yeah. right? Even if it's in a comic way. Yeah. You can't deny that he that he had certain there's certain wisdoms that came out of him, certain oh, yeah. truths. Oh yeah. Right? And the fact, and I think that that's particularly close to you because you do a great, you love that movie, you love that character, yeah. and you, you do a great impression of it. And you can't do a good impression, like Norm MacDonald said, you can't do a good impression unless, of someone. Unless that's part of you. Unless you unless you like them. Yeah. And he said this, he was being in Norm MacDonald was being interviewed on TV, I think it was in Canada. And the, the interviewer was asking him, so do you like uh, Alec Baldwin's impression of Trump? He goes, no, 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 not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. He, goes, he goes, because you could see that he has contempt for yeah. Trump. He goes, I think that to, to, to have a good impression of someone, you have to like him. Yeah. You know, like Daryl Hannah. Yeah. Right? Or his impression, Norm MacDonald's impression of uh, David Letterman. Yeah. He did an amazing impression of David Letterman. I, I've, never, I've never seen this. Can I, can it's Daryl Hammond? No, no. I, Norm MacDonald. Norm Macdonald was did an amazing impression of 
David Letterman, the best ever. I've never, because I've tried the, the David Letterman. I can't do it here. Oh, this, yeah, 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 yeah. This is like De Niro. De Niro. <laughs> also, this, you know, like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, uh, you got any gum? Uh, uh, you got oh, any yeah, gum? When, uh, when, uh, so, so speaking of what's-his-face, he plays De Niro, uh, Baldwin. Here. Yeah, no, he, right, he, this, I don't know about De Niro, but he hates Trump, and he, and the impression is not, I want people to hear, I want people to hear this, this is from 19, like, I don't know, 97, 1997, whatever, stupid, oh, yeah, yeah, I like the guy that have Paul Schaefer, he's from Kids in the Hall, the, the Canadian, one of the Canadian guys, actually, plays he plays the music oh, guy, oh, no, no, that's Chris Kattan, that's not Chris Kattan, bro, that's Wait, in the Norm Macdonald, David Letterman sketch? No, I think the Paul Schaefer is not played by Chris Kattan. It's not. It's, yes, it is. The one that, that, I, the one that I saw is. The one I'm looking at the now, but the newer one, it's not Chris Kattan. It's somebody else. It's not, this is not Chris Kattan. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to the big show, folks. Uh, you're coming a good night. Robert De Niro is with us. So, Paul, uh, well, yesterday I piled the wife and kids into the station wagon. We go out to dinner, and uh, on yeah. the way, is it? How are the kids? All right, what's that, Bob? How are the kids? Oh, oh well, thanks, thanks for asking. Yeah, the, well, the little one's got a touch of the proof, but uh, he's good. Anyway, we're at the we're at the Red Lobster there, Paul, and I'm enjoying what I always get there. You know, they always get the uh, the fisherman's platter. <laughs> yeah. so, this, so this waiter comes to our table, Paul. He's one of the real oily guy. You know those kind of guys, real oily. He looks right at me, gives me one of these, like, uh, hey, "Enjoying your shrimp?" He's like hey, shaking his hands. This is not gonna work because people have know, to see. I know. I know. People look. You can't, you're not no, gonna hear. Here, here. You enjoying the Nash Bridges, Paul? Yeah, yeah, Nash Bridges, good. It's a great program. You know, it's got the guy from Miami Vice there. You got your uh, Doug Johnson there on it. Yeah, that's that's Don Johnson. Yeah. Ah, ah, whatever. Anyway, he's good. And you know who else they got now? Apparently, is Cheech from Cheech and Chong. He's on the show as well. Oh yeah, Cheech. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah. He plays a sidekick. And you know, I was thinking about this this afternoon, Bob. That that seems kind of silly to me. You know, when you think about it, you're making your serious crime drama. You know, you don't want to cast Cheech. That seems. You know, you know who they should have got for that role, don't you, Bob? Uh, who, who's that? Oh, they should have got Chomp. <laughs> 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 that's a, that's a, I just want right. people hear that, that laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know what? But the probably there's one impression. Like, um, look up for the people at home. Many of you may not, but I'm sure some of you know Super Dave Osborne. Oh, yeah. Right. And you probably if anybody knows them, they probably know more from nowadays from uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Bob Einstein. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So Norm Macdonald did the best ever impression of oh, nobody they... of, of, of Super Dave. Just type in Norm Macdonald, Super Dave. And then I think the best one is Jimmy Kimmel. You know, when he's. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. It's not the best one, but it's the best example. Short, yeah. short example. Oh, here. Norm McDonald's Super Dave. <laughs> Super Dave has been on the phone. Super Dave Osborne. The great Super Dave Osborne. Yes, yes. And uh, he's, on, uh, he's been on the phone while I'm trying to get ready to come out here. Yes, he keeps phoning me. That's what he does. And he yeah. goes, uh, this is what you do. <laughs> you walk out. You're wearing a pompadour. 
the hell? Don't say a thing for five minutes. This is amazing. <laughs> it's crazy, right? This is why we never invite him back anymore. This is, let me ask you a question. Listen, listen. Everyone. You're the one yard line. <laughs> you have the choice. You can head it to OJ Simpson, Kim Brown, or Emmett Smith. I'd go with Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. You know the best part? For me, is when uh, Larry David is uh, did something with a Arab woman, and uh, Funghauser comes to his house. Uh, you mean when he slept with the Arab chick? Are yeah, about? here, here, and then he and then he comes to his house. Uh, here, Arab uh, Palestinian. I don't, I don't remember that. It's a Palestinian chicken episode. So here, here, this is the uh, Yama here. Shalom, Aldi. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. I'm just this is when she's like, occupy me, Larry. Whatever. Oh my god. I, I never I never saw the episode. I think somebody yeah, yeah, told it's me. crazy. She's like, occupy, like you occupy my people, whatever. And then he comes downstairs. We seek him here, we seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Dude, I gotta say, can I can you stop for a second? Yeah. Honestly, like <laughs> like I could definitely, you know, listen, you know, I could definitely you know, be attracted and want to sleep with a beautiful Arab girl, right? Yeah. But if she said something like that, even like if it's just some, some kind of like weird like role play thing, yeah. I get too mad. Yeah. I, be, I was like, no, you know what? No, yeah. I want to argue about this right now. Yes, <laughs> I reject the whole premise of. Well, this, that's why Larry's that, a schmuck. Sexual. Anyway, yeah, that's Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. They might copyright this, so whatever. Fuck man! Look who's here! <laughs> well, well, Martin, Shara, Shara. He's wearing a keeper. Martin. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Like I, I can't picture. He's looking at him. She's looking. He's wearing a. Uh, what's his name? Bob Einstein's wearing a keeper, and she's looking at him like she's about to stab him. Charlie. <laughs> And they just like whatever they just did stuff. So she walks out. She gives him a, blows him a kiss. Walks out. Total smoke sound. Problem? Problem? Fuck me, Jew bastard! <laughs> I've ever had anywhere. <laughs> this woman is amazing. When did you have your orgasm? When she said she'd fuck the Jew out of you? Oh my God! And hey, let me tell you something. The penis doesn't care about race, <laughs> creed, and color. The penis you know wants what? to get to his homeland. You, you know what? I disagree. I think there is something. Let's keep listening to what It doesn't care about much, but they, at a certain point, you know? Listen, listen. I came over here for another reason. <laughs> Rabbi Stein said that I can't play in the golf tournament Saturday because I have to honor the Sabbath. You're co-faxing us? Co-faxing. Well, if you're saying you're that co-faxing. your best player is unable to play because it's the Sabbath, yes, I'm co-faxing you. So you're going to have to get someone else. The tournament won't let us get anybody else. And if you don't play, we all drop out. It's over for us. I'm following her lead. She told me what she, I have to do. She. I can't play. What if I talk to the rabbi? I love you too. She's in the valley. Off of Brooklyn. And if she gives the okay, would you play? I'll be there. Our friendship is about that much now. I'll tell you what, you don't play that golf tournament, it's over. How about that? 
Why don't you go wrap your head in a towel? You don't even <laughs> play it anymore. Mommy rabbi says don't play, little boy. Yeah, don't yeah. you tell me to get out of here. Hey, you dropped your yarmulke. Oh, my God. That sounds like a conversation that I would have with my uncle or something like that. But uh, no, but the what for the folks at home, just to let you know, if if there's ever uh, you know, if somebody ever says rabbi and then she after that, yeah, that walk, that, walk that, away. that quote that quote unquote rabbi did not tell anybody. It does not even keep shouts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's right. what I was gonna say. What the hell? I, I was wondering myself. I was like, she what? Reform? That was insane. Was, I can't I can't play golf on show. Dude, he's crazy, man. Like. Larry David's nuts. You know that there was a rabbi, I think Rabbi Becher uh, of Torah Anytime, or one of these rabbis tried to reach out to Larry David. I think there's a, there's a clip of this on YouTube. And he, yeah, that, Larry David was explaining how he sat down with one of these rabbis and they had a conversation. Yeah. Something like or, that. It's not interesting. It's not interesting. No, 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 no. It's not Larry David explaining. It's, 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 it's the rabbi telling Larry, the story. Larry David. <laughs> It sounds like you know it kind of there's a certain you could do it you could say larry i'm going to start saying larry david like 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 uh south park says matt damon yeah yeah matt damon <laughs> here kirov on larry uh whatever there was a, this one rabbi i can't remember who it was somebody on tour anytime and uh <laughs> whatever he tried to do kirov on him and he tried to meet him and the guy wouldn't meet him whatever yeah 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 no yeah. he's not gonna meet he's not he's yeah. not gonna yeah but uh but uh, no, I mean, there's something that could reach him. I, you know, it's possible. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to be willing. I can't no. imagine. That. No, no. there have to be something surprising. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's man. quickly talk about these clowns. But before we do, <laughs> I mean, this is, we're already two two hours twenty minutes in, man. I don't we're kind of you know we kind of listen. You know, we kind of indirectly have been speaking about them. Sort of, yeah. I guess we'll do. Uh, Norm Macdonald, he did a few more uh, like awesome impressions, but all right, we'll, 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 okay. I think out of all the impressions that Norm Macdonald does, that's the best is Bob Euchre. Now that's that's probably oh, yeah, just a bit outside. <laughs> what? what is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he's yeah, from, a, uh, famous yeah. sports announcer and the famous, you know, played the father in um, here. Norm, Norm Macdonald's Bob Euchre story. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Well, there's Mr. Belvedere. No, 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 do, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Hype this. Norm MacDonald makes David Letterman laugh. Laugh hard. This one? It's That's number one, right? There's like it's two. It's like 15 minutes long. It's like very long. No, 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 no. No, it's just the first. It's, it's, a, it's a bunch of clips together. So Okay, fine. The, the, the first one is just a minute. Just a minute. Okay. Oh, this is crazy. There's like two ads about to play. Lord help me now. There's a lot. There's so many Norm McDonald clips on YouTube. My God, it's like full of them. The whole his whole career. His yeah, whole I mean, he, he only really started getting appreciation like uh, you know a little bit later, the last yeah. five years, kind of. Yeah. So Bob is a very very funny man, and uh, and uh, I, I go off and go in the booth with him, you know. Oh sure. So uh, one time we were there, <laughs> and. Uh, John Fogarty was in the audience, you know, a fortunate son, you know. So uh, John Fogarty was there. So 
Bob Euchre is a very uh, interesting guy. He thinks of everybody as the same. He doesn't think of people as stars or anything like that. He's a very down-to-earth yeah. guy. So uh, he was talking to me. He says, hey, man, you know that guy? I go, yeah. He goes, that's uh, John Fogarty, rock and roll singer. So I, go, <laughs> I go, yeah, I know who it is. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, uh, but I played in a golf tournament with him. He goes, you probably think of him as some that likes to bite the heads off of chickens. But uh, <laughs> Listen, listen, listen. listen. What happened? He's dying. Letterman Greg, is dying. No, I know, but what happened? We can't hear it. He's like, you probably think of him as some, some guy who likes to bite the head off a chicken. And then, I know. Then he says, that's exactly how I think of him. But that's the best part. It's like, we can't hear it. Damn it. Oh, because oh, he's cracking up. This guy can get it out of the sand trap like nobody's <laughs> Oh, dude, the best part. Just like, dude. Just like when we were playing the song and the yeah. and the best part of the singing came up, it disappeared yeah. from the audio. Yeah, I don't know why. It's, I would, you know, I, I I think I tend to be a little bit more, a little bit more on the conspiratorial side, yeah. like you know, from a shtick point of view, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's almost like YouTube reached into my soul and knows exactly like <laughs> the moment, the you know the the crescendo that yeah. I'm waiting for, that satisfaction, and it just yeah. it specifically attacks me at that point. Yeah. That's my favorite clip. It's like when you're trying to get to the crescendo of a story, and Stuyvesant jumps in with his <laughs> for, with his forgotten with his forgotten thought that he wanted to he needs to blurt out because the riddle didn't work, or he didn't like what he doesn't like what I'm saying, so he just like, decides to just, to, just know, like steamroll you with a steamroller. Either steamroll me, or he wants to just whatever you know. Anyway, we love you, Stuyvesant. If you're gonna listen, Stuyvesant, we love you. We can you're, you can, you can Stuyvesant. By the way, you have an open invitation. We consider you essentially a cast member. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, it's a, it's a he's a good recurring character. Just just because I yelled at you last time, yeah. right, doesn't mean that you're not welcome. Yes, it's it's like the it's like the character that gets yelled at who interrupts. He doesn't have it's to get like yelled a sitcom. at. No, but it's like a sitcom. You know, the guy who interrupts who gets yelled at. He he doesn't. You know what? I wouldn't call it yelled at. I would call it stood up to. Yeah. Reprimanded. Not, not reprimanded. Stood up to. Well, right. He's trying to steamroll me. No, in order for people to know that, they have to know the context of your relationship. That's the problem. I had a friend message me. He's like, man, Frank was really like, whatever, you know, aggressive with the with Alex and this. I'm like, dude, you don't know the history here. <laughs> you need to know the history. Nobody needs to know the history. You could literally, anybody who listens to that interaction, right? He was talking for like 15 straight minutes. No one interrupted him, right? I wanted to respond like, like, Two and a half minutes into my response, right? And it yeah. wasn't going to be that much longer anyway. He yeah. decides to start interrupting. The, I'm friend like, I'm... Who, the friend who said that, by the way, does the same thing as Stuyvesant. So, right. so he said, so, to show. But, but also, if people want to listen to that, you could see that I didn't explode on him right away, right? I was like, Stuyvesant, please let me finish. So I said, please let me finish like 17,000 times. <laughs> and then I said, Stuyvesant, it's not cool what you're doing. Yeah. So there was, there was a buildup. You and you heard me when I when I was trying to talk, he was kind of doing the same thing. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I even told him like Stuyvesant, I'm not, I'm not gonna go draconian on you, you like Frank. But, but I didn't go I draconian. Went, I know, I know, you know, but I'm just saying I, I was I was trying to tell him, and then I just went Pajalusta. And then my Israeli friend is like, why did you what did you say? I'm like, I'm like, I told him please in Russian, because when you really want to implore somebody, like really, you you go into Russian, you just say Pajalusta and Pajalusta, like, like just like shut up <laughs> for like a second. I, I, Here's what I think. I think that Stuyvesant was, he thought that he was going to guide 
the development of that discussion and control the ultimate conclusion that we all come to yeah when it when it was clear to him that that was not going to happen <laughs> he started you know all yeah. sorts of tactics yeah i yeah. could be wrong i could be wrong yeah, yeah. i think it's women can't be rabbis women can't be rabbis women can't be rabbis women can't be rabbis okay yeah, continue. hold on hold on a second man hold, hold on hold on one second Hey, guess what, Mr. Frank? Guess what? Stuyvesant's coming on? No. I just heard from my mother how uh, there's someone else's son who sold an apartment for a lot of money, more than what was it was purchased for. And the people whose son, their, 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 the parents can now move to Florida with that money. Versus me selling an apartment <laughs> in my crappy Nazi building <laughs> going to, which which where not one apartment appreciates in value and it's totally out of my control there's nothing i can do about it and i try desperately to do something about it by you know lifting the price a little bit this and that to no avail for months for years and i have to hear about that why 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 why, why does Hashem do this to me can you tell me why does he hate me? He must hate me. He must think I have to be embarrassed. I have to suffer busha, even a shtick. This was like shtick, you know. And my mother has to feel like she's get she's she's a you know she calls she says I'm, I feel like a loch. Your mother said that she feels that way. She feels like a loch because she feels like because my parents put, you know put money into the renovation of the apartment. She's like, well, we we, we basically lost twenty thousand dollars on this apartment. Overall, I'm like, why do I have, why, why does that have to happen to them? And why do I have to feel busha for, you know, well, not being able to. Well, okay. I mean, if you want to get into this, let's, let's parse this out a little bit. Let's, let's examine these feelings. Do you feel that you did everything that you could? Y yes, I do. I do feel that. If that's the case, then there should be no busha. It's, no really, it's not really busha. It's more just kind of like. I just don't want to hear about some other. Okay, wonderful for him. Like, what, what can I do about this particular piece of crappy real estate that wasn't even bought by me? It was bought by my father from my uncle 17 years ago. So, the fact that you didn't make like somebody not. Hold on a second.
Yes, sir, sir. No problem. Yeah, so it's just annoying to hear about that. And then, but yeah, I, I feel more like pain for, you know, my parents in this because, yeah, they did pour a couple bucks into it. You know, when you pour a couple bucks into something and it's renovated, you expect to get a return. I get that part. All that's yeah. legitimate. But what do you have to do with it? Um, because I used to live there and I used to um, pay maintenance there. And then I moved out and then I moved in and then I moved out and then I moved in. Um, there was like a saga with this apartment. So, so, so she's mad at you for not selling at a certain time or something like that? No, or? she's mad. No, she's not mad. She, she just doesn't. She doesn't. Under, she can't get wrap her head around to this day. And the realtor even said this, why the apartments in this building do not appreciate in price and why, and why an apartment directly across from Washington Heights in Fort Lee, New Jersey costs what, you know, I'm not going to say the price, but costs that little, it doesn't make any sense. And, 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 and by the way, this building was, was the building itself was renovated. The people who run the building, the management, you know, came in and really did, I mean, for all their Nazification, the way they behave, but they did, at least they did a good job renovating the building. Okay, okay, so what's the downside? What is it that keeps people away? Uh, the, the, the management. Okay, so that's, okay, <laughs> the fact so... that it's a co-op and the fact that it, the, the management, nobody wants to deal with the co-op. But even so, even if it's a co-op, it shouldn't be, the price should not be that low and there should be some sort of appreciation, appreciation in price. And it doesn't make any sense why it's so low. It really doesn't. And even the realtor, I was like, I asked the realtor, I'm like, does the, does inflation play into it? He's like, normally, yes, but not in this building, not in co-ops and not in this building. I'm like, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> and the neighboring building, by the way, went flipped to condo. They went, they went from co-op to wait, condo. Wait, 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 back, back up, back up. Yeah. What I'm trying to understand is who determined the price? The market determines the price, the market. Who's the market? The previous people who previously sold that that exact identical style of apart uh, size of apartment in other floors. Meaning, uh, I actually my, my sale price is the highest sale price for that particular layout of apartment in the in the in the most recent memory of that building. In terms of all the sales, like there, the the most recent sale in that identical apartment sold for seven thousand less than what I sold it for, and an average. On average, it sells for like twenty or even some of some of them even sold for thirty less. I don't so know. I I'm got, starting to get, I'm starting to get mad at you too. I feel like I want to blame you for this too. Why? I don't know because it's funnier to say that than not to. Hilarious, very funny. If you only knew what I went through through this hell, through the, <laughs> this dude, I don't know the amount of money poured into a black hole. It's just ugh. a money pit. I got. I'm, you, I'm very. I'm yeah. I'm very freaking. I mean, Blian Hara, this is going to close on Friday and, and it'll be the end of this horrible era. It's like, a, it's like a nuisance. You know, like John Kerry used to talk about Al-Qaeda as a nuisance. This apartment was a financial nuisance on my, on my, on my bank account. Yeah, it's a nuisance. Yeah. Well, listen, just let it go. Let it pass. Oh, I did let it go. I, I let it go. People just say things. Russians, Russians can't let it go. Russians cannot deliver anything. Ru Russians just say things. They say things, but they don't understand that just saying things has power. They, they think that I just said things. What are you okay? They're like frivolous with their. That's what I, you know.
They just say things. They say things. They don't. They don't. Uh, they say things, and then they get mad at you for for being affected by them. Like, what's wrong with you that you were affected by? Yeah. What said? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a shem created. It's not like a shem created the world with words or anything like that. Whatever. You know. So let's talk about these people. These yeah. people. Who are these people? Who are these people? We only have like thirty minutes to do it. Probably even less, but we can we can make it a good less than thirty. Yeah. So bugs, huh? They want us to read bugs. You know what? I asked the question. I asked, I said I said if they successfully implement this bug eating program, I guess all the from Jews are going to become Yemenite. This is my absolute worst nightmare, by and the just, way. But and just but let me crickets. ask you. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, Yemenites don't eat crickets that often. I mean, when Not they were starving, they're, to death, they're allowed to. When they were starving to death, you know yeah. what else they could do? But basically, um, so tell the folks at home what the Torah says about eating bugs. You cannot eat things that creep and crawl on the ground. How about how about a verse? Let's see if we can find the sources inside. It's, it's, in, Levit- it's in Leviticus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Torah verses about. Here you go. Here you go. Rules about what may be eating. I'm just going to read this from like Bible Gateway, one of these, whatever. Here. Uh, okay. Wait, wait. I got, dude, listen to, <laughs> listen to what I did before you start. I just Googled Torah verses about bugs and I got a whole yeah. list here. Okay. Okay. So uh, the list. Okay. So Leviticus 11, 12. Let's yes. look it up for you quickly. Yeah. 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 You must hate any animal in the water that does not have fins and scales. Also, there are the birds you are to hate. I mean, I don't know if this is the right translation. That's not the correct translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, whatever. They are hate- okay. Uh, they are hateful, should not be eaten. You must not eat eagles, vultures, black vultures, kites, any kind of falcon, raven, horned. Okay, this is like all the birds uh, who pose bats, whatever. Don't eat insect. Don't eat insects that have wings and walk on on all four feet. They are also Okay, so Vayikra, chapter 11, verse 20, Leviticus, Vayikra, Leviticus, okay? All winged, swarming things that walk on fours shall be an abomination for you. The word abomination is a little bit closer. Yeah. Yeah. But these you may, okay, so, okay, next, let me see the next verse. Genesis 130. Let's see. No, but it also tells you what you can either. Crickets, grasshoppers, winged locusts, stuff like that. No, but you have, to, first of all, we lo- we essentially lost the information about which particular species yeah. of that. It's essentially, we don't know which one you could eat, so we can't eat any. Yeah, except for the Yemenites who do, whatever. I'm, I'm sure a lot of them also don't yeah. exactly know. I'm just saying they have they actually have a Masora. If they had to, they have a Masora to do <laughs> certain things. Okay, and to all the animals, okay, this is Genesis chapter 1, verse 30. And to all the animals... On land. Oh, this is about bugs. It's not about eating bugs. Yeah, yeah. I go with it. Okay. Uh, Leviticus 11, 20, 23. Leviticus 11, Here, 20, every 20. animal that crawls, this is 41. Every animal that crawls on the ground is also an abomination. It must not be eaten. You must not eat any of the animals that crawl on the ground, including those that crawl on their stomachs. It's like a snake that walk on all four feet or on many feet. Like, like, uh, yeah. In Russian, we say sarkanoshki, you know, the little 40, yeah. 40, 40 feet guys with 40 yep. feet yep uh abomination do not make yourself unclean by these animals you must not become unclean by them i'm lord your god keep yourselves holy because for me because i'm holy uh he just re- this just repeats 
brought you out of Egypt to be a god, you must be holy because I am holy. Don't make yourselves unclean with any of these crawling animals. Yeah. And he talks about birds and animals in the sea. Also, yeah, like shrimp, which is they also crawl on the ground. That's why they call them cockroaches of the sea. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that, that the, the shrimp that they showed us on Sizzler commercials was just a tail. And then yeah. I actually saw a whole shrimp. I was like, why the hell would anybody want to eat this thing? You, you, you talking about a lobster, dude? Uh, shrimp as well. No, shrimp is like just, no, when you see a shrimp, like. Like the tail, like the shrimp tail, the fried shrimp no, no. tails. Dude, when you look, look at a, just look at like Google shrimp. That's exactly what they serve to you is what they look like in, in the sea. No, but in the commercial, when they were showing, you know, the shrimp uh, scampi with the, with the, with the, with the chicken and shrimp dish that they had. They, it was only the tail. They they had that you know the lemons squirting on the tail thing. That's all they had, and I I thought that that was the whole shrimp. But then like I actually saw a whole shrimp, the first time in my life, like an actual shrimp, like a full before it's cooked. I was like, why in God's name would anybody want to eat any part of that? Well, to be fair, a shrimp is mostly tail. Yeah, <laughs> so no, like... the tail is good. The meat part, yeah, it's very good. But uh, yeah. yeah. Listen, I used to go to Red Lobster. You know, yeah. I, I, Dude, I used to order surf and turf, man. I used to go to that. I, you, I, know that you know that restaurant um, on literally Ocean Parkway and Brighton Beach? Like when you when you're in Ocean Parkway and you cross the other like towards, you know, across from the Sea Breeze buildings. Yeah. Seafood restaurant. I forgot, I forgot what it used to be called. Gambri Gambrinos. Gambrinos. Absolutely. Dude, we used to go to Gambrinos and I used to order surf and turf as a kid. Surf and turf steak and lobster. Filet mignon and lobster. Incredible. I loved like uh, breaded shrimp. I couldn't eat shrimp that much. It took me a while before I could eat shrimp that wasn't like fried and breaded. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, uh, yeah. and then there's a certain point. And you know, I'll tell that story another time. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, the point is that it would seem that almost everything that the globalists or the the WEF, yeah. you know, the WEF peoples, those peeps, that whole crew, yeah. all right, they always want to promote things for the world, which the which specifically the Torah tells the Jews not to do. Yeah. These, by the way, for the folks at home, these uh, verses, right, about eat this, don't eat that, don't eat it, don't eat this, but eat that. That's for the Jews. No yeah. one else is, yeah. no one else is obligated. Yeah, it's recommended, but no one's obligated to to keep these laws. You know, because you have people uh, in certain parts of the world, they actually really rely on insects because they don't have much to eat, and insects were always a part of their of their diet. You know, I mean, that, that shit's crazy to me, right? But yeah. if you're a person from from that area. And that's part of your cultural cuisine. And also it's very difficult to get things that are not that. Yeah. So at least it's allowed, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, yeah. but we can't eat this at all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we really got to be dying, like literally dying, Yeah. you know, to, for, you know, so, and I don't think I could do it even if I was dying, to be honest with you. Cause I, 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 I feel bad saying it because, you know, I, I feel like I don't want to, I don't, I wish no harm to any living thing, Yeah. but certain living things, I just don't want to, doesn't mean I got to hang out with all of them. Yeah. 
Okay. Certain things I shouldn't hang out with. Yep. Okay. And bug and bugs is one of them. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so um it's always like that. They always want you to do specifically, yep. it's very odd, specifically what the Torah tells Jews to stay away from. Yeah. Well, what's another thing they want us to do? Um, they want us to get rid of the mother, fa mother, father, child, family oh, yeah. unit. Oh, yeah. They want us to get rid of. Um, let's see if we could find verses about um, dressing up like a lady. Yeah. Okay. For a guy to dress up in a lady. Yeah. I want to see. So I don't know how to Google that. What kind of what terms yeah, can yeah. I use? Uh, uh, what does the Torah say? What does the Torah yeah. say about? Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does the Torah teaches about us about gender? Oh, so this is Reformed Judaism. Oh my God, I'm I'm writing like this. What does the Torah say about cross dressing? I think that might. Uh... Oh, see, in uh, this prohibition. Is... Hold on, hold on. cross dressing, parshat kiteitze. Yeah. Okay. This is a uh, Chabad.org. It says uh, mm -hmm. there are two mitzvot, two mitzvot in the Torah that involve the prohibition against transgender dressing in the words of the yeah. torah uh it is uh deuteronomy chapter 22 verse mm -hmm. 5 uh, a man's attire shall not be on a woman yeah. nor may a man wear a woman's garment because whoever does these is an, ab is an abomination if that's the correct translation to god your god yeah. okay cross-dressing can lead to promiscuous behavior okay um Wearing the clothes of a woman would enable a man to mingle inappropriately among women and vice versa. In addition, for a man simply putting on the clothes of a woman can lead him to have sinful thoughts. Okay. And we know that to be true. Okay. Um, in my, Maimonides, in his Guide for the Perplexed, states that some of the ancient pagan rituals involved cross-dressing and that we must therefore distance ourselves from this type of behavior. Our sages in a in the volume of Talmud called Nazir. Actually, no, that's in the Shulchan Aruch. Mm -hmm. about, about Nazir, about the Nazirite. Mm -hmm. Not the Nazirite, folks, Christians. Yeah. We're talking about Nazirites, the laws of Nazirites. There's a, mm -hmm. There were many, there were mm -hmm. 10, there were millions of Nazirites in history, okay? Yeah. Right. So our sages understood this prohibition to apply not just to clothing, but also to certain co cosmetic activities which are considered feminine in nature and may therefore not be practiced by men. Okay? The article will focus on both the prohibitions regarding dressing and those regarding cosmetic practices. Okay? Yeah. Should I continue? Yeah, please. Okay, if there is a garment which is clothing, if there's a garment which is only worn by women, a man may not wear it. The same is true in the reverse, okay? And the source for that is, that's the code of Jewish law, okay? So uh, a unisex garment, which is worn either by men or women is permitted to be worn by those of either gender if it's considered unisex okay but what does that mean considered right how long does something have to be established for it to be considered you know yeah because there's some stuff that you look at men what men wore in the 1700s it looks kind of uh speaking of prince it looks a little fruity <laughs> it right? looks like what prince is wearing his concerts today you wouldn't be caught dead with that stuff right but but you see what's <laughs> happening now right is that people are wearing stuff that's specifically yeah. I, I traditionally identified with women, meaning for the yeah. last, yeah. God knows, go, going back to, for most people alive right now. It's not just fruity, it's just woman. 
They've seen oh. people wear, they've seen women wear that. So the transgender people are specifically putting on those garments because women wear it. It's not about making something neutral. It's about, it's, it's the, it's the message that you're sending. So that is a, that's a transgression of this, of, of this, of this law. Okay. So for Jews, definitely, if it is a, if it is a type of garment that has different styles from men and women, for example, a button down shirt, a man may wear only the style that is for men and a woman may wear only the style that is for women. Okay. According to Targum Yonatan ben Uziel on this verse included in this prohibition is that a woman or girl may not wear uh, a talit or tefillin because that's something that men, that's, that's, it's mandated for men. Yeah. <coughs> Goes back, Stuyvesant, you hear me? You hear me, Stuyvesant? <laughs> okay. So it is, okay. So it's forbidden, it is forbidden to even wear one garment of the opposite gender, even if the rest of the clothing the person is wearing is not of the opposite gender. Okay. Some are lenient and allow an actor in a play to wear the clothes of the opposite gender, since the intention is not for promiscuity. The accepted opinion is that this is for, however, the accepted that this is forbidden. The actor wears only one garment of the opposite gender. One need not protest, although it is better to avoid even this. Okay. There are some halachic authorities who allow women to put on the garment of a man or vice versa for the purpose of protection from the cold and not in order to dress like a man. Others forbid this. Certainly, even in such a case, one may not clothe oneself completely in garments of the of the opposite gender. So basically, fellas, if you're uh, freezing and all you got to put on is your mother's uh, evening gown, that doesn't mean you have to put on her pearls and put on her uh, red lipstick as well, okay? <laughs> styles, of, <laughs> styles of dress vary in different locations and time periods, and it's forbidden to wear the type of garment that is currently being worn in one's own location by members of the opposite gender. If the styles change and a particular garment becomes worn by both genders, it becomes halakhically permissible. Again, this goes to this goes into we have to establish what does it mean when a style changes? What is the process? How long does that take? How do, how long does it take for something to be established according to Jewish law? Yeah. That's a whole separate discussion. Yeah. Okay, it's questionable as to whether this takes into account only the dress styles of the local uh, Jews or yeah. of the local non-Jews, okay? Yeah. That's a question. In light of this, and considering that it is commonplace for women in the Western world to wear pants, there are some opinions that pants are no longer considered a man's garment. Nevertheless, it is still considered immodest for women to wear pants as they are more form revealing than a dress or skirt. However, it is certainly better for a woman to wear pants that cover the entire leg rather than an immodest skirt or a mini skirt. Okay. So basically that means is if you're wearing like kind of like a, a non, non tight, like non completely form fitting pants, mm -hmm. right. And you have a choice of wearing that and a very tight skirt, then the pants are more modest in that case. Okay? Mm -hmm. So many halakhic authorities still consider pants to be a man's garment. Therefore, uh, forbidden under the prohibition of wearing a man's garment as well. So we know there are orthodox communities where women wear pants, mm -hmm. okay, but they're, you know, not painted on pants, you know, like normal kind of pants so it doesn't show everything. Yeah. Okay, so, so like, you know, like mom jeans type stuff, you know, like yeah. since it is normally, yeah, so, since it is, by the way, mom jeans seem to be in fashion with the young ladies lately, I've noticed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Since it, since, it, since it is normally only men who serve in combat units, it is forbidden for a woman to bear arms. It is for this reason that the righteous, Yael, in, in the Bible, killed the Canaanite general, Sisera, with a tent peg rather than a sword. Obviously, this rule is waived when needed for self-defense. Okay? So it shouldn't be... Basically, when men were walking around wearing swords as part of their attire... Okay, it was understood why they were doing that, and it became part of the cultural garment. Okay, yeah. since women weren't in those situations, it didn't become part of their cultural attire. Yeah. Okay, but it's not saying that you can't pick up a sword and protect yourself if you need to. Okay, that's a little common sense. Yeah. It's interesting that we touched upon that because the left also wants to put women in combat units. Yeah. With men, here's another thing that they're trying to do that is you know forbidden. So hang on, what's the source about the combat units? Let me see if I can find it. Uh, it the Talmud Yevamot, uh, the volume of Talmud, which is called Yevamot, on page 65b. But I'm wondering, where is the source? Can you look? I want to. I want to know what the pustic is. For for what exactly? Um, for why, for, for where it is, it is uh, forbidden for women to customarily wear a, bear arms as part of their attire. Bear arms as part of attire? Part of their, uh, you know how like you know, know, guys, know. Used to, guys used to walk around. Ah, here you go. It, it's uh, Nazir 59A. Here we go. No, no that's the, I'm looking for the Pusik. And I think that I'm gonna judge it. I'm gonna tell you. Here, here. here. No, no, here. 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 What are you looking at? Here. Um, here. Um, What's the source, dude? I'm looking for the well, the source is not, it's not Chumash. It's uh No, it's it's in Shoftim. Oh, okay. Uh chapter four, verse 22. Okay. So what does it say? Okay, one second, one second, one second. I'm I'm getting it, man. Can you give me a minute? Yes. Uh, what was it? Chapter 4, verse 22. Okay. Uh, chapter 4, verse 22. So it says, Now Barak appeared in pursuit of Sisera. Yael went out to greet him. She went out to greet Sisera and said, Come, I will show you the man you are looking for. He went inside with her, and there Sisera was lying dead with the pin in his temple. So let's see what Rashi says. Okay. For the folks at home, Rashi is the, the overall transmitter of, of the majority of, of, of our tradition, going back to Moses. Um, so it says, in his forehead, templia in old French, she had penetrated his forehead and the ground. Okay. So uh, he doesn't talk about the halachic implications here, though. Let me see if there's a... Uh, one second, one second. Stop yelling at me, okay? I don't appreciate it. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, reference. Okay, so I can't find a halachic connection, a halachic reference which talks about that particular uh, prohibition and how it's related to this particular uh, event. Aside from the obvious that she didn't use a sword, that because she was careful uh, in keeping the laws, 
right? Very, very carefully. She didn't want to transgress that even in such a situation. Because, you know, when you're talking about someone like Yael, talking about Yael or someone like these, these people represent the epitome of observance and serving God, yeah. you know? So whereas, whereas it is, per, it would have been permitted for her to take a sword, a proper sword or a rifle had she had one or whatever and used it. But she was so pious that yeah. she didn't want to transgress the law. That's why she used a tent peg. Yeah. Okay. There were plenty of other implements. You understand a person in those days, yeah. nobody didn't have a knife. Yeah. But, um, okay. There's lots of sharp a, things everywhere. A dagger. <laughs> a da well, uh, a dagger is a certain type of knife. Yeah. Um, but everybody had edged uh, implements uh, for cooking. You know, she had... Yeah big sharp thing okay which would have been a much better choice to use as a weapon rather than freaking like uh, you know a not very sharp tent peg yeah saying like there's something a tent peg obviously it can you know going fast enough anything can penetrate uh anything else right yeah. but and, and a tent peg you know sharp enough to go through somebody's you know body yeah. but it's not the the best you know, yeah. it's more like a wedge, if anything. But um, yeah. that's that's where that prohibition. So I don't know how many of these we're going to do, but there's a bunch of them. OK. Um, so we talked about not eating bugs, right? The Torah doesn't want you to eat bugs if you're yeah. a Jew. And yeah. it's also not recommended if you're anybody else. Yeah. OK. Um, the Torah doesn't want you to pretend <laughs> to act like the like the gender that you are not yeah and now that's what they're pushing for yeah okay um the torah doesn't want women in combat units yeah okay obviously they're pushing for women in combat units i just posted something the other day there's uh whoever is responsible for hiring like combat pilots in the uk i think they resigned it was a lady actually yeah they resigned because they gave her uh they gave her gender and race quotas Ridiculous. that she couldn't fill Ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so they basically are, they've stopped hiring white men. White men are no longer, yeah. for some period of time, allowed to apply for jobs as combat pilots in the UK. Yeah. I don't know what that period of time is, but right now it's, it's, it's in effect. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's see what else. Um, how about homosexual marriage? Yeah. Folks, we're not talking about, at this point, homosexual uh acts or yeah. behavior yeah which is which is a separate discussion also prohibited it's a separate discussion yeah. we're talking about specifically the act of of marriage yeah. right so what does the torah say about homosexual marriage let me see yeah. if i can what come on rabbi google what does I stole that Rabbi Google line from David Katz, Rabbi David Katz. Yeah. <clears throat> what does the Torah say about homosexual marriage? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Chabad, do homosexuals fit in? No, that's not it. Rabbinic assembly, homosexual halacha, second, ta, 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 ta. A halacha of same sex. Okay. Um, 
Okay, let's look at Wikipedia. Can't find something that, that hits the mark. Okay, Orthodox Judaism. Orthodox Judaism maintains the traditional Jewish bans on both sexual acts and marriage amongst the members of the same sex. The Orthodox Union in the United States supported a, federally, a federal constitutional amendment banning same-sex marriage. In Australia, the organizations... Which is actually at this point surprising to me. That they did that. What, what is? That they did that because they also... They like to be uh, diplomatic. Whatever it is, I don't know. So I don't, I'm, I'm I don't know what they like to be at this point. I'm disappointed because I was hoping that it would give a source for why they have that view. Yeah. Um, and that's so Wikipedia sucks here. Yeah. Um, hang on. I'm going to let me. Okay. Same sex marriage, my Jewish learning. I don't know if myjewishlearning.com is a, is, but let's maybe they have some sources. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The issue of same sex marriage has been debated. I don't think this is an orthodox. You know, I don't think this is coming at from the Orthodox perspective, but maybe they have a couple. Um, for the Jewish communities, there are two primary questions. First, should the United States government legalize same-sex marriage, offering homosexual couples the same legal benefits that married heterosexual couples have? Secondly, should rabbis perform? Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Um, the three primary liberal denominations. Okay, it's not really discussing Orthodox Judaism at all. And that's oh, here it is. Orthodoxy. While same-sex marriage is commonly discussed in liberal communities, Orthodox Jewish groups have also voiced their opinion. <laughs> the, the Union of Orthodox Jewish Congregations, OU, has publicly rejected civil and Jewish same-sex marriage. A December 1999 statement explained its position. While the Orthodox Jewish community in no way condones discrimination against individuals on the basis of their private conduct, we believe that America's moral values and traditions of which traditional Judaism is, founded, is, a, is a fountainhead, clearly assert that the unique status of marriage is reserved for the sacred union of a man and a woman in a loving relationship. It should be noted, however, that while no major Orthodox institution has publicly endorsed same-sex marriage, there are a few voices within Orthodox communities, that doesn't mean that they're Orthodox voices, most notably Rabbi Stephen Greenberg, who calls for new interpretations of halacha. Okay, that's so, that's not an Orthodox voice, folks, okay? Yeah. and so they found the one screwball fruitcake in the Orthodox, yeah. in the, from, from an Orthodox family. Yeah. And they're, all, they're only going to talk about his stance. They're going to yeah. point that out. Yeah. I was hoping, sorry for reading that. I was hoping that they would have a source. Yeah. Okay, Chabad, let's see. Do homosexuals, uh, Judaism and homosexuals, do homosexuals fit into the Jewish community? That's a completely separate question. The answer is yes. Yeah. Okay, but but that's I'm looking to see if they have something about marriage here. Let me do a quick find. See marriage. I think the issue is kedushin. You can't make kedushin. You know. I don't think that's the only issue, bro. <laughs> no, obviously the other, no. The other I'm talking about in the terms of the, having a gay weddings. I'm not even talking about the relationship itself or the acts or whatever it is. Okay, the Mosaic law provided strict requirements regarding sexuality and Deuteronomy uh, chapter 22, verses 13 through 30. There are many laws focused on violations of the marriage covenant. Yeah. Let's, look at De- uh, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 22. Deuteronomy chapter 22. I hope this is the place. Okay, uh, what was the verses? Uh, 13 through 30. Let's see. Uh, 
A householder takes a woman as his wife. This is uh, Deuteronomy, Devarim in Hebrew. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 13. A householder takes a woman as his wife and cohabits with her. Then he takes, and then let's say he takes an aversion to her. So what do you do? Okay, so let me, uh, let me skip ahead. Such a case. Girl's father, elders of the town. 19, one second. Okay, the charge with the girl was found not to be a virgin. Nope, mm-hmm. this guy led me on a wild goose chase. I hate this guy. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, folks, I guess I will, I'm not going to waste your time searching for searching for the source mm-hmm. on your time, but I will have it prepared for next time. Yeah. Okay, but... The kids are, there's all these things that these guys are doing. These are fundamental things, okay? Yeah. Um, having, you know, having God as prime in your life yeah. and the ultimate authority... Yeah. Right, who gives the who 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 essentially he created you with yeah. divine rights automatically by default, all right, to to live your life um, without being molested, without being physically harmed, without being stolen from, okay, and without being coerced, yeah, okay, um, they hate that, yeah. The globalists, the WEF, all these pricks, that's the ultimate thing that they're trying to suck out of people's lives because they want to tell you, uh, they want to take your money. Yeah. They want to take away your property. They want to tell you what to think. Okay. They want to intimidate you in, in, in all sorts of ways. So that's the primary thing that, that, that they, that they want to do away with. Okay. Yeah. They want to do away with, um, male and female marriage that's for the masses yeah in their elite societies they're going to continue doing that because yeah. they want to propagate they understand that, yeah they, they want to propagate and they understand that's the healthiest way to carry on and have and to create new people they understand that most stable they don't want stability for you they yeah. want instability and they want you to rely on them and uh that's the primary thing they want women in combat units they terrible they want men to dress like women women to dress like men they want homosexual marriage folks again you know there's there's a there's a big spectrum of how god um seemingly interacts with people okay mm-hmm. there's a big there's, there's a big difference to him how you interact in public yeah and the things that you declare and what you do in the privacy of it's your called, it's called mefarchesia you know like being being public, uh, for example, Shabbat desecrator, you know, it's called Shabbat Mefarchesia. Yeah. Okay. So if there's a gay guy, right, who um, he, let's say he's, we're talking about someone who's actually religious and believes in God, right? And he believes the Torah is real, but he has sexual urges. Okay. Uh, which are homosexual. Okay. And he struggles with them. Yeah. Right. So God created that struggle for him. Yeah. That, that's not something that's, you know, that's extra, that's outside of God. Nothing is. Okay. God yeah. created this guy with that issue. Okay. So the guy in the course of dealing with issues, people have their ups and downs. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's clear that God is more forgiving, more lenient to people who who are struggling 
with something, right? And they occasionally mess up, right? Then people who are outwardly rebelling against his will in public, specifically to, specifically to send that message in public. Yeah. Okay, which is why um, we talked about this before, but let's say, you know, th there are certain offenses which are, you know, they'll be described as punishable by death. Okay, so the homosexual act yeah. is one of those anal sex, yeah. okay, is, is one of those between men is one of those uh, acts, but the the actual process of convicting someone for that is literally impossible unless they're doing a public porn show. Yeah. Why? Because in order to convict someone uh, really on anything for most things, but especially capital offenses, you have to have two adult Sabbath observing men. Yeah. Okay. Who are not, it's not just that they have to be also somewhat knowledgeable in law okay yeah. Yeah. and they have to if they see the act yeah. at the same time yeah it has to be like yeah. they have to warn the people in, engaged in it that because we don't know if they if they know the law or not maybe yeah. they don't know the law yeah. so you tell them first of all you have to tell them the, the, the witnesses are required to tell them how many witnesses are actually gonna do that because Remember, witnesses are just people. There's, they could yeah. be scared. You know, like nobody wants confrontations. So you have to have two, like, ballsy, knowledgeable, Sabbath-observing adult men who see this at the same time, and then they both decide to tell the people involved in the prohibited act that this is prohibited and, and there is, you know, there's a danger of having this kind of consequence. Yeah. If after all those requirements are set, which are all of them are very unlikely in the first place. Yeah. And then the people who are doing the prohibited act continue doing it. Yeah. Then the same two men have to, I think, warn them one more time, if I'm not mistaken. But if not, these two men have to literally go and report this to the court, to the rabbinical court. Okay. Yeah. Then when it comes time, when after the investigation, after uh, there's a trial and there's an investigation to yeah. determine what's going on here. Okay. It's not, they're not automatically believed like th that there are investigators. Yeah. Okay. To see what's going on here. If it's determined that it really is the way that the witnesses were describing it, then the witnesses have to perform the execution yeah. or they have to participate in it. They have to be present. You know what I mean? It's not like you can stand at a distance. You can't do a zoom meeting. Yeah. So the fact it's so hard to convict someone and you know to a to a capital offense so so on the one hand you have the tone of the torah which says you know this is a this is the death penalty and that's communicating the seriousness the seriousness of 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 not doing it but yeah. then when it actually comes down you know to to killing someone it, it makes it like almost impossible to do so because of the value of human life and how hard you have to try to not kill someone you understand yeah so so what does that communicate? It communicates that um, God really, really, really doesn't want you to do it, okay? But he really, really, really makes it hard for any physical harm to come to you. Yeah. Really? I thought that was important to, because we, you know, 
there's no, you know, we can't, we're not going to go Taliban. Yeah. Want to yeah, like that, you know. yeah, we're not, we're not, uh, we're Al Qaeda up in this piece. No, no, no. We don't throw people off rooftops. If anything, we wish we could throw whatever. The people doing this, <laughs> the people pushing it. But that's something else. And again, Greg's point was it's specifically the the laws from the Probably Torah Jews. that are that are geared towards towards Jews. Like, dude, when they when I first heard this bug thing, I'm like, they're attacking me. They're not attacking, you know. Like technically speaking, if 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 non-Jews had to really I mean, freaking fr the French eat frogs and snails. Yeah, man. not that they want to, but like some of them would be like, okay, whatever. No, 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 they want to. No, the, the French, the, those are. No, 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 I'm talking about non-Jews who like don't eat bugs now. But like if if push came to shove, like if they had nothing else to eat, they were like, okay, like what else are we supposed to do? But like from Jews would be like, we're going to starve. We're going to eat plants. I don't know what we're going to eat. Yeah. Like, by the true. way, folks, we're you know, true. just, uh, you know, outside of this discussion, uh, there are other options. We don't have to turn to bugs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's vegetarianism. Yeah. Okay. You can have, they can, they can cultivate algae yep. to feed most people. Okay. Yep. It has all, it has all the, all the basic nutrients that's, that's necessary. I'd rather eat algae than bugs. Yeah. For sure. I'd, that's, I'd that, that's a side discussion. Listen, we have that in a, you know, when you go to get sushi, you can have like that, uh, that seaweed stuff and, uh, kind of you know yeah man there's, a, there's, there are other options why specifically are they pushing so hard for bugs these people are sick it because because Hashem, yeah it's a direct attack on hashem like it's a direct challenge to hashem just like tower of babel this is, this is you know these people came back right before mashiach we know we understand that a lot of people don't seem to understand that like rabbi kesson talks about a lot of about it um, there's a few other, you know, there, there's this kind of like what I call the Geula sphere. You know, this woman, Shifra Hendry. Sounds familiar. Okay. So she's, uh, she, she's, oh, she actually, has a podcast, right? Yeah. She has a podcast, but she recently, she held this thing called the Geula summit. So she had these people like, um, I'll tell you who she had. She had, yeah. I'll just read you off yeah, a yeah, list. Yeah. Like, like Rabbi yeah, Ruben I Wolf. Uh, I yeah. just want to read for yeah. the folks at home. She had Rabbi Wolf, she had Rabbi Simon Jacobson, she had Rabbi Abraham Sutton, speaking of the Suttons. Uh, she had, uh, this is like, what, a repeat one? Uh, Avra, a repeat. Avraham, Avraham Sutton is not a rabbi, just technically. Okay, I'm saying he, she had Rabbi Tovia Singer, she had Dr. Rivka Lam, Lambert Adler, she had the, uh, Rabbi Abraham Trugman, the Trugman, sorry. Uh, she had, uh, I, I mix them up all the time, by the way. She had Rabbi Pinchas Winston. She had, uh, who else? Did, oh, she had Alon, Rabbi Alona Nava. So I call this like the Geula circle, I guess you can say. So these people are talking about more or less what's going on from that lens. You know, they're not directly naming, like she names them. Like, I, I think Rabbi Nava for sure named them. Um, you know, these are conversations that are being, that are, that are being had. In the Jewish world, um, it's not being had by those rabbis who we mentioned at the top of the program. That's for sure. And if they are, they not, they don't realize what's going on. They don't realize how it's all connected to the this crap that we're forced to take. There's no, they cannot make a connection. They're they're just not. They're out to lunch on that. They're not trying to, man. They're just trying to. 
They're just trying they to live. Nice. They just want to be calm. They want to be yes. safe. They want to. Yeah. Just, yeah. just you know, make your money and. Uh, it's not even make. It's don't not worry even about money. it. It's no, not even just, about money. Just they like just, support your family. They're, they're like, you know what they're like. No. Here's here's a great muscle. Have you ever seen a family like you know fighting, yelling at each other? You know, yes. you're the, the yes. parents are yelling at each other, or. Yes. Or the parents and the oldest child are yelling at each other, but the little yes. baby is like kind of huddled somewhere in the corner, like yeah. scared, like, oh, please stop. Please. Yeah. Like, that's what they're like. That's them. Yeah. They're confrontate confrontation avoiders. And and when 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 you avoid confrontation, you know, one of the things in confrontation is the search for emet. You're trying to get to the truth. And in order to get to the truth, you need to have a confrontation confrontation doesn't mean bad it just means confrontation you're confronting something or someone and you're getting to the bottom of things instead of oh instead of going oh shabbos and then uh-huh all this kind of stuff you know the balshuva yeshiva syndrome shabbos 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 i don't want to hear about la 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 shabbos and then uh-huh no, that's not going to fly. That's not that's not Torah, ladies and gentlemen. It's not Torah. I don't know what the, what that is, but it, but it ain't Torah. Uh, I think a lot of, you know, <laughs> like when it comes to, you know, if you wanted to get a sense of, okay, the Torah is describing God's will, okay, and what He wants for the world and what He wants for people, and also the type of people that He wants, okay. Um, there's a lot of detail in it, you know. So, some of the characteristics of the people that he's describing are people who are who fear no one but him, who are always honest no matter what, who are never biased and cannot be bribed, okay, and who are mighty, who are strong as who are, who are as swift as eagles and as strong as leopards to do the, to do God's will, okay. However. The Torah also has the Torah slash God has apparently, you know, from his words, at least has a lot of uh, patience for, for people who are works in progress. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, it kind of, it understands that these things are not always achievable immediately. And there's, you have people who are holding at different levels at different times. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, so it's not like people who don't fit the people who don't fit the ideal. They're they're not only are they tolerated, you know, they're nurtured, you know, because we want them to get better. I'm talking about myself, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So so in the past, you had like the majority of the people fit the description. They were as strong. They were as fat, swift as eagles and as strong as leopards, right? Yeah. Um, to to do the will of God, they were, they were brave, and they were not about ignoring an issue. They were about nipping things in the bud. And there's evidence of that, you know, you know, as a characteristic that's generally good. But if it's, if you, you know, if it's, if you use it too much, right, and you ignore other characteristics like calm and reason, yeah. then you get a civil war, like like what's described in the Book of Judges. Yeah. Okay, terrible civil war, because somebody somebody did something really horrible, 
okay? And in order to remove this type of behavior from the nation of Israel itself, they, they all the tribes uh, got together and they gathered in the near the, at the border of the territory of the tribe of Benjamin, where uh, the offenders were tribesmen of Benjamin. When Benjamin didn't want to give up the offenders and bring them to justice or have a court case where there would be justice ruled, uh, a war ensued. Okay, and it was only, and it was one incident, one incident. It was a terrible incident. Okay. But that's how people were at that time, okay? They, they took care of business. They knew who was in charge. They knew where they got their blessing. They knew what he wanted, and they knew not to tolerate anything that, that, that so blatantly goes against his will, okay? We're talking about the, the wife of the Levite who was gang-raped and essentially murdered by, by a group of thugs, yeah. okay? It was such a, it was such a outlandish it's not outlandish. It was so shocking to everybody in the country because nothing like that existed. Nothing like that ever happened yeah. in all of Israel. Nothing even remotely like that. It was such a blight. The fact people were so disturbed by the fact not only of what happened, that it, that something even remotely this bad could happen anywhere yeah. in their territory, yeah. that a civil war erupted over it. Yeah. That's how disturbed they were. But it's now about it's, as is, is about as disturbed as we should be over what happened with Trump in his uh, Mar-a-Lago. I mean, but, we were disturbed, but not disturbed enough, clearly. Right, but but the, ultimately, the Torah, uh, the you know, the 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 actual narrative shows you that they made a big mistake in the way that they reacted. Yeah. Okay. So the the, the way that they felt about it was correct. The decisions that they made as to how to go about dealing with the tribe of Benjamin was not correct. Okay, so, so Greg, I agree with you that they should be as incensed yeah. as the tribes were, but the reaction should not be the same. True. Okay? Um, so, the point is that's what people were like in in like the you know the 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 heights of of Israel. In the you know the, the you know at the highest point of the nation yeah. of Israel when they were living in the land, okay, um, and at their relationship with God, okay. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, it's almost the exact opposite. Meaning the the people who are who are that who have that attitude of we got to take care of this now, you know, and mm -hmm. they will act. Yeah, just that that. That characteristic, that urge to get up and act and act now, yeah. right, yeah. is gone entirely from the vast majority of of the people. You yeah. have a couple of you, you know, you have a couple of voices that maybe that maybe fit that description. Yeah, like my brother, yeah. some of the like Rabbi da Rabbi um, Daniel Green, yeah, right, and 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 others, really powerful. Yeah. Like voices who, who who are doing something, you know, they're they're um, few and far between. Very sad. Not, you know, very few. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's 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 really a repeat of what happened in uh, just before that horrible event. 
80 years ago. Really, it really is. I hope it's not as going to be as bad, obviously, but uh, it's a repeat in terms of the way that these rabbis are behaving. Yeah, well, you know, and, the uh, only like I'm, I'm fully confident that it's that that it's not going to be a repeat. No, because not. only, you know, it's not something that it's not a rash. I guess it is rational only if you know who the Rebbe is. Yeah. But the Rebbe said he made a statement. There's not going to be another Holocaust. That, that's yeah. enough for me. I don't even need to. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, they're, 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 you know, again, we interviewed Dr. Jessica Rose the other day, and there's going to, you can't keep, they're not going to be able to hide the truth for forever. It's going to come out. And it may not, it may not even, again, you and I disagree on this. You, you think the only way it's going to happen is supernatural intervention. I think it's going to be, I think if anything, I mean, I agree that it will be supernatural intervention in the sense of Hashem is going to use uh, you know, Derech Hateva. That's, a, that's already, you know, the, yeah. not the supernatural intervention that I've I, described. No, but you know, you know what I mean, though. You know, it, like we, when we, you and I, you've seen. For the folks like, at home, Derech Hateva, Derech means the way, what, a, way yeah. a road. Yeah. Teva means nature. Nature, like, however, nature. no, what I mean is like we, when, we, when we have situations or instances in our lives where we have clear uh, what I like to call eye of the needle kind of, you know, scenario or, or you know, siyata deshmaya, it, it happens under, you know, within the confines of, of, you know, nobody went and grew wings and flew, but it was something that happened there. You were like, wow, this is like one in a million chance of happening, but it happened. Hashem helped me in this particular case. And, and, and you acknowledge that, like, you, you know, for those who have the eyes to see, see that. And so what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to happen in that way. I think, I think something's going to unravel and it's going to just cascade into a domino effect of, you know, one after the other after the other, as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, some kind of uh, UAP and all this kind of stuff. That's just, that's, you know, that's really. I heard, I, I literally heard Rabbi Kessin describe some of the events that are going to occur when, uh, when Mashiach comes. I'm no, but I'm, but I'm not talking about when Mashiach comes. I'm talking about just when these pricks have to get their, you know, their... their Why do you their, assume that has to happen, at, you know, before Mashiach comes? I don't assume. I just, I just, I just want it to happen now. <laughs> I want it now, to obviously happen I, now. Obviously, I want Mashiach now, but uh, I don't know. Dude, you can't... You can't... There, there's something, listen, there's something, uh, not poetic, but there's something... Dude, you ever, you ever watch, you ever just watch... You know the Eichmann trial or any of these trials in Nuremberg. There's something cathartic when humans who got, you know, who got harmed, who were who were who were, or their family members were killed or harmed, when they get to get up on the stand, you know, without any more, you know, these people that, for example, they show the people that um. In the Nuremberg, uh, not Nuremberg, in in, in uh, Jerusalem, in the Eichmann trial, these people were frightened out of their minds to go up there. So a lot of these people, they they refuse. You know the whole story. Like they they called some of these people who survived. Nobody wanted to talk about this experience, right? Just for psychological reasons. Forget about even like being found out or whatever. But some of these people went up there and and they started talking, and the whole world was captivated by the this testimony by these people. You should go watch this, and uh, it's even captivating uh, now. What? Greg, yeah, let me tell you something. Okay? Just, no, can, can I just can I just finish? So actually, I no, that... no, no. Actually, I'm telling you why you can't finish. Okay, I got a 10 second warning here. 
of, of the countdown until there's going to be a purple faced little man oh having a meltdown oh that's important this is, this is going to have to be a to be continued we friend. don't want any meltdowns all right ladies and gentlemen can you try to remember even though you know your your, your memory is no I'll, I'll i'll for sure this is hard to forget this is what i want to talk about okay all right ladies and gentlemen the next until episode, next time we'll, we'll, we'll start off with the uh, talking about the eichmann trial and how you know it's important to have these fun huh how yeah, but, fun, but, huh? but it, yeah, there's a silver lining. Anyway, stay thirsty, my friends. All right, sir. It's been real. Peace.